Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. There he is. Come on in here, buddy. Have a seat. Hey, everybody. Glad you tuned in. It's time for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. Mike Davis, Dale and Hart Jr. in the Bojangle Studio. We've got a great guest today. Well, how, how you doing, Red? I'm doing fine right now. This They're is every like, week, okay, bud? <laughs> Buckle in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> died on that hill yep. you, your career died on that hill and you were hard-headed you're a bigger idiot i didn't even think about it no. you thought about it and didn't ask that it. makes me the bigger idiot. i think so <laughs> hey everybody it's dale jr back again for another episode of the dale jr download here with my co-host mike davis in the bojangle studio and it's time for our guest segment presented to you by ally mike we have an incredible ally coming on to the show i've known this guy for a while but haven't really got a chance to get to know him like i want uh it's gonna be an awesome opportunity to to do that um we've talked about it he's basically he's basically won everything everything like we name the race listen the only owner in history to have won the Indy 500, Daytona 500, Brick Ro- Brickyard 400, 24 hours of Daytona, 12 hours of Sebring, and the 24 hour of Le Mans. yep Chip Ganassi. I can't imagine there's anybody even close to it's, all that. He's such an interesting guy, great personality, speaks his mind. Um, he's been through a lot of different things in this sport that we want to talk to him about, buying into NASCAR, starting his teams, um, selling part of his teams, eventually selling, selling all of his teams, um, all of his successes with Scott Dixon and, and, and others in IndyCar, uh, IMSA. The other thing, too, that I want to understand is the transition as a driver for, right. to an owner. You know, he did that at a very young age, had some crashes, injuries. Want to know about this. So let's get him in the room. Chip Ganassi on the Dale Jr. Download. Where'd you come from, Chip? Pittsburgh. I got was up at five o'clock this morning. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I take this stuff seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, what yeah. else are you gonna do while you're in town? I was supposed to have lunch with Jamie, but uh, he can't. He uh, he has something he has to do at one o'clock. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. oh, McMurray? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, he yeah. won a couple races for you. Yes, he did. He yes, just texted me. He's, did he text? Yeah, he said, "Ask you uh, what Sonardi said to him the first time he tested Michigan." What, oh, oh, that's a good story. That's a yeah. good story. Yeah, he he uh, <laughs> he got in the car and he uh, 
it was, it was literally his first run. It was like the first run. And he, he, we, we went there to test, and, uh, and he said, you know, cheap. He said, I get in the car. I, I pull onto the back straight away. I, I, I take it to third gear. I think, boy, I'm going really fast. He said, and then I take it to fourth gear. And I think, oh, my gosh, I've never gone this fast in my life. He said, and I have two gears to go. <laughs> he said, so I go to the front straight away, and I go to fifth gear. And he said, I'm going blindingly fast. How you say in America? Blindingly fast. He said, and I thought I had one gear to go. And I started to think how beautiful Italy was in the fall. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, he, yeah, he was, he, he, he had a lot of great words. <laughs> I bet. So, uh, but then he went back and he, he went back and uh, won the race. No yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. So, I, um, we'll get to, uh, we'll get to going fast around Indy in a minute, but, um, right, yeah. you got interested in racing, messing with slot cars? Yeah, 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 messing with well, um, my my uh, kid across the street from me had a uh, had a go kart, and our our driveways were you know straight across from each other, mm-hmm. and so I used to and he was four or five years older than me, so I used to watch. I used to stand on the street and watch for cars, and he would he would you know take his go kart on our two driveways, and you know I just salivated you know just watching him and. Remember he had a McCulloch engine, you know, it was like nine and a quarter horsepower or something, really fast, you know, like a 70 mile an hour go-kart. It was really fast in those days, you know, in the, yeah. in the you know, mid-60s or something, whatever that was. And, you know, so, yeah, just just got started with that. And then uh, then my father was in the asphalt paving business. He paved a go-kart track, and the guy didn't pay us, or pay him. I, I, was, yeah. I was like five years old at the time or so whatever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so the go-kart sat, the steering wheel was like this big, you know, and I couldn't reach the pedals and... And uh, so yeah, that you know, and then then that that sort of made it into to dirt bikes. I started racing dirt bikes after that, and then cars, of course, after that. You yeah. Know? yeah. So what's the racing scene like up in Pittsburgh? You know, it's it's uh, you know, well, there was, it has quite a history there. Um, Heidelberg Raceway was there, mm-hmm. was in Pittsburgh. It was known for its track. I'm sorry, it's known for its lights. You know, okay. Chris, Chris Economaki used to tell me, give me all these stories about being at Heidelberg because of the lighting there. It was supposed to have the best lighting in the country, hmm. you know, and... Uh, and uh, How big a track was it? It was like a third of a mile or okay. something. It wasn't, it wasn't huge. It was really wide. And, uh, of course, they turned it into a shopping center or whatever. But I just... And, and the, the good story about Heidelberg is my, um, my parents, on their first date... Went to Heidelberg Raceway, as everyone does, right? <laughs> the next race they attended. They weren't real race fans because the next race they attended, I was driving in. Oh wow! So, Damn, that's that, okay. That's it's some, a big span. Yeah, big span there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, Pittsburgh's not the racing capital of uh, hardly of, of anything. You know, it's not a motorsports yeah. center. You know, there's there was Keystone Raceway. There was a drag strip. Uh, a place called Pittsburgh International Dragway. That was a drag strip. That's about all we had around there. Lernerville, right up the road. You know, Lernerville's still there, pretty good. Yeah. And um, those are probably the big places. You know, the, the, the racetracks we have around there. Yeah. And there's a couple of old. There's a couple of. There's a couple around. You know, maybe within an hour that you could do on your show the uh, on the lost lost uh, speedways. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of those up around there. Yeah. So, yeah. what did you? Uh, how were you? going to find your way out of Pittsburgh to become a race car driver? You know, I, um, 
I was uh, I, I I just I was always you know I, I was always trying to you know I wanted to do something like on my own I wanted to do I wanted to do something for myself you know I, I you know like like you I grew up in the shadow of my father a little bit you know and, they, and you know when you're doing that you gotta you gotta always want to go do my own thing you know and and uh, everybody said you know oh, you're gonna take over your dad's business you know and I used to tell my dad if I took over his business and it went that way they'd say boy the the old man really set the kid up you know. And if it went that way, for mm. whatever reason, they'd say, yeah. oh, that kid really screwed, screwed it up. It up. Yeah. Screwed it up. Well, no matter, for whatever reason, you know, so it's like kind of a no-win deal, you know. So I always just wanted to do my own thing. And Was there anything uh, outside of racing? Not really. I mean, uh, you know, like I, you know, I had, uh, no, I, I just never, you know, Dale, I never thought, you know, when you're a young kid fooling around with go-karts and dirt bikes and things, you never think, you you have dreams that you're going to make it or you're going to be in the business one day, but you never, you know, deep down you you dream that, but you never would tell people that I'm going to make it or you'd never tell people I'm going to, you know, I'm going to win the Indy 500 or I'm going to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like my father went, went um, also in uh, like in 1963, he went to Indianapolis for an equipment auction and he – Brought home an eight millimeter film of the 1963 Indy 500, hmm. and it, we had one of those old uh, Bell and Howe cameras, and used to feed the yeah. film through, you know, a little eight millimeter film. And and I must have watched the 1963 Indy 500. I must have watched it a thousand <laughs> yeah. times. I blasted it on the living room yeah. wall, you know, like but I put the screen oh, yeah. up or anything. And uh, you know, and, I, and uh, Parnelli Jones won it, you know. And later, I I um. You know, you would now here you are five years old, and I'm not in a racing family. I'm not in motorsports. I mean, you know, I remember I used to watch, you know, Leroy Yarborough on February, so I'd be 20 inches of snow outside, and I'm watching the Daytona 500, you know. And I, you, know, you had no idea what it was going to come to. And then one day I get to Indianapolis, and you had to have a veteran sign off on your license when you were a rookie. Parnelli signed me off, you know. Damn. And then when I was when I was 50 years old, I had my Thanksgiving dinner with him. <laughs> you know, we're like buds. It's amazing. You know, it, it's just amazing. Something you did when you were five years old, you know, to when you were 50, you know. And you're you're watching stood. that film, that eight-millimeter film on a race right. he wins, and then you're having and a meal with him. You're having mean, a meal with him. What the, you know. but, but I would imagine that you have many opportunities in your life and the way your career has evolved to, to have these surreal reflection moments of just like, wow. This, this this is Hollywood script almost, isn't it? Well, you know, I was, I was telling the girls out front here earlier, you know, you just never thought that, that you know, motorsports, you know, in the, in the you know, the 60s and 70s, you, you go through this back with your, your father, your grandfather, you know, like no one ever thought there would be podcasts or, a, or, or just a market for a podcast or a, right. anything. You know, racing used to be just... Yeah. Going around the racetrack, and that was it. You yeah. know, you, when the race was over, you went home and see you next week, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just developed in so many ways. You know, so many people in racing have have protected the sport, you know, throughout its growth, you know. And, and it's just, you know, there's opportunities everywhere in the sport now that nobody could have dreamt of sure. 20, 30 years ago, you know. Well, what is Floyd Ganassi Sr. like? Tell us about him. He I need was, to know about yeah, that. He was just a working guy, you know. He, he, he you know, grew up. Poor as church mice. You Is know? that right? Oh yeah, he was, and he just you know he was in he was in the asphalt paving business, and then he got into the uh, sand and gravel business, you know, and he, 
never went to college, and he, uh, you know, just pulled himself up by his bootstraps. He was like the American dream, you know. And uh, did y'all have a good relationship? Oh yeah. Did, yeah did, was yeah. he a disciplinarian? Was he? Uh, Let's see. What was easy he? Going? Could you? Could you? Uh, could you kind of? Uh, manipulate situations growing up to get your way? How, how, how could you do it? Well, I don't know. The thing I remember is he, he, you know, while he supported racing a little bit, you know, he never, he, he dibble-dabbled in supporting it, but he never really came to a race till I got to Indy because oh. he never, he didn't have anybody there he could interact with, you know. But finally when he got to Indy, there were, there were guys there that were like him, you know, the, 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 you know like Roger or you know, Pat Patrick or these guys he could talk to, you Pat know, like, where, yeah, you yeah. know, like that he just didn't have that when I, you know, in, the, in those lower yeah. formulas, you know. Yeah. How are you, how are you racing in the lower formulas? What's getting you there? Who's, who's. Yeah. Helping? I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was him. Support. So it starts out, you know, I was racing dirt bikes. It was probably the first sanctioned thing I was doing, you know, mm-hmm. and so I was 12 or 13 years old, you know, all the kids had dirt bikes and, you know, like some of the older brothers had driver's licenses and, you know, they had the family station wagon and we had a little trailer with three bikes on it. You know, we'd go to a race and we'd fake notes from our parents that it was okay to race, you know, and, and, uh, you know, uh, so, you know, started out with that. And then, uh, I, I I just remember, you know, staying in school. My dad wanted me to stay in school, you know, go to college. You wanted to leave. I wanted to leave. And he said, well, he says, I'll, I'll, you stay in school and I'll, I'll help you racing. You know what I mean? So That was a good trade. Yeah, it was a good trade. You know, that, those days it was, you know, Formula Ford was like. What you school know, did you go to? 20, Duquesne University in And Pittsburgh. what was your major? Finance. All right. Yeah. How'd you do? I was a yeah. C student in college. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't, wasn't going to set the world on fire. You know, like I was, I was, a, I was a good, I was a, I was an AB student in high school. How far is that from home? Yeah, no, not far at all. Yeah. So did you, did you live at school? Yeah, yeah. Lived how did at school you, for a while and then yeah. How yeah, did, how did you partner. not, how did you not lose your connection to racing? Like you're going to college is a commitment. I never, I never, uh, I never. I remember in my senior year, in my senior year, I went into my economics professor and I said, I'm not going to be in class on Friday. I said. <laughs> And he said, "Where are you going?" I said, oh, "Well, I'm going to I'm going to Phoenix Raceway," and I was driving Scott Brayton's second car. I said, "I'm going to Phoenix Raceway, and I'll be I'll be here. On, I'll be back on Monday." He said, well, what, "You know, what are you doing? Race cars? What are you talking about? You know, like you want to be a racer? You want to be a a good student?" And I said, "Well, I want to be both, you know." And and uh, so anyway, I and this guy used to take attendance every day in mm-hmm. class, and uh, so I go to Phoenix and I qualify. Fastest rookie. This was in 1982. I'm sorry, it wasn't with Brayton. It was with Jack Rhodes. It was in the first race of the season, and like in March mm-hmm. of '82, and I was graduating from college there in May, and I uh, qualified fastest rookie at Phoenix. I qualified like Johnny Rutherford and a couple guys. I was all excited, you know. And of course, I I went a couple laps and the motor pitched or something, you know. And then, but 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 it was it was funny because I went into class on Monday. And uh, the professor to me, he's taking roll. He said, you know, Jones, Smith, Ganassi, Ganassi here. And uh, he said, oh, Mr. Ganassi, you're here. He said, I saw you on uh, Sports Sports World yesterday, you know, or something. You know, because I was on NBC or yeah. something the day before. So I was kind of. He watched. You know, yeah, he watched. He watched. And then I went to Indy that year, and I was fastest rookie again in 82. I missed commencement because I was qualifying yeah. for Indy, you know. Yeah. So you did, you, you, but you did the work. You made it work. Yeah. Yeah. Is, did your did your uh, college friends understand what you were doing? 
Not really. Yeah. No, not didn't really. Care. Nobody. It wasn't cool. Didn't care. Yeah, it wasn't cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 I can, uh, I can understand that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that. Yes. Yeah, I was. Yeah, nobody thought that Dale, you know, being Dale Earnhardt Jr. was cool either. Yes, yeah, right. They yeah. didn't. No. no, Dale Earnhardt was not a big deal in school. Really, not at all. Yeah, yeah. NASCAR wasn't. Yeah, but they think different today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go find. We that's that's what we should do. We should do a show where we go find all of y'all's college friends and just right. say, "Hey, how you like me now?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even or high school. Even. Yeah. 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 Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. So you, um, actually, you went to Bondurant. Yeah. In Phoenix? Yeah. yeah. No, no. It was still at, uh, in those days, Sears Point. Sears Point. You know, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did Bondurant. Did you? Yeah. Best thing I ever did. In terms of just trying to get better at road racing, that was the very, probably first thing I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was amazing. I got yeah. to Cooper. I don't know if you remember Cooper. Yeah, brother. Bill Cooper. Yep. Yeah, he was, was my guy. Horse Bill Cooper. Yeah. 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 No wait, wait, is this like yeah. a, a driving instructor yeah. or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was, yeah. I was, this was 97 for me. But you were. I was there in '77. So 77, Cooper must have been years. pretty old. <laughs> yeah. By then. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah super good guy. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then, and in my class at, at Bondurant was uh, Tommy Lee Jones. You know the yes. actor. Yeah. Are yeah. you serious? Yeah. He was in my class. Holy like, sh- like four of us, and like we became buds, and because he was doing that movie, The Betsy. Yeah. And uh, and wow. he was doing all his own stunt driving in the Betsy, so he was there. Damn, dude. Yeah. Hey, yeah. how many of those drivers this past weekend at Coda could have used a little Cooper in their lives, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yikes. Yeah. 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 He was just a great, great instructor. I mean, I was. You know, those was, guys had ways of putting things into words that you know you could understand. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, and he yeah. wasn't intimidating. Like I was, you know. I mean, he didn't tell he 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 didn't shoot over my head, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean I'm a stock car guy. I'm coming in here mm-hmm. and and he he could help me understand what I needed to do. Man, mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. I go out there. I mean, I would have not been able to be able to keep up with Ron Fellows in that Xfinity race. We mm-hmm. ended up beating Ron in '99 and '98 or something. Watkins Lynn. I'd have never even gotten close to him. Had it not been for Cooper's, what what are those things like when you go to Bondurant? Is it like a class of people, or is it one on one? It's like he said, you'd have you might have you know a half a dozen people or a dozen people in a class, and you all jump in these cars and just run the shit out of them. Yeah, it's just amazing yeah. that you could run the shit out of them for exactly. how long? Like a week, a month, two, is it three like, days? Is it camp? Two, three, four days, two, something days. like that. Yeah, and, sounds amazing. And, and you get an instructor, and he's with you, and maybe a couple other people. And you and him are on the track together. Mm-hmm. You race the instructor, instructor, right. and he's pushing you and showing. Oh wow! It's yeah. like Top Gun. And then he'll hop in and ride with you. Right. And, and like, you hop in and ride with him. Yeah. And then you know, yeah, it's and a it's, lot of fun. It's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a quick. Yeah. So you go do that. Um, that was in '77. Right. You enter Formula Ford. What is a Formula right. Ford? Yeah, little four cylinder open wheel car. You know, uh, it was a real popular class in the '70s. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, it was it was. Uh, I just, you know, I, I was racing dirt bikes, and I just remember going, like, I come home at the end of the day, and I was all covered with dirt and getting hit in the face with rocks and hands, and you're, you're all chipped up and everything all the time. You had little things on you. I, 
I just, I loved when I got into racing cars on asphalt that, like, I didn't get dirty. You know, like, I was just, I was just glad I, you know, I yeah. was just, you know, no rocks hit me in the face or anything. I was just, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, Formula Ford was a, you know, it was a, a great little class, very, very popular, um, very competitive. They would say, you know, in those days, if you could drive a Formula Ford, you could drive anything, you know. Mm. And uh, it was a good balance. You know, a lot of these different formulas of racing, um, Formula Fords were a good balance. You know, you got to have a good balance of power and tires and brakes, no downforce or downforce, whatever. You know, you yeah. get to, all that has to be balanced, you know. And, 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 you know, there's all these different classes of cars out there, and some of them are so bass backwards about how they're supposed to, you know. But the Formula Ford had, you know, like little skinny tires and 130 horsepower and, you know, no downforce. And you had to really, you know, you had to really learn to drive to drive that thing. So you're traveling? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, all around, you know, in those days, you know, Pennsylvania, Ohio, New York. Is it like Virginia. a is is the is uh, racing in a Formula Ford at that time? Is it in is it geographically kind of busted up in right? There's like four or five regions, regions. in the country, yeah. and you know I won the region like in 1980, and then you go to the runoffs in Atlanta, yeah. where they bring all the top guys in from around the country, and you had the the runoffs, you know, what the in uh, yeah. The what SCCA kind of driver runoffs. were you? I was, um, what was your style? I was like a student. I was a student of it, you know what I mean? Like, I, I thought about it, you know. I'd like to think I was kind of cerebral about it, you know. Like, I I thought about it. Yeah. You know, like, I wanted to be good. I wanted to be smooth. You Who know? did you pattern yourself after? Good question. You know, early on, um, you know, like, I raced against, uh, I mean, like when I was getting out of Formula Ford into Super V, Michael Andretti was getting into it. <clears throat> and, you know, so I was friends with he and Mario, you know, and, Mario was the guy then, you know, because he could drive everything, mm. do everything. You know, that's kind of the guy you liked, you wanted to be like, you yeah. know, you could, you know, and coming out of dirt bikes and into cars, you know, so I had a little bit of, you know, um, you know, feel Versatility, for yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I, I kind of, yeah, probably Mario was the guy then. What did you drive after the Formula Ford? So from Formula Ford to Super V, which today would be like uh, Indy Lights or NXT, whatever you call mm -hmm. it, Indy Next. And uh, so it was like Indy Lights in those days. It was yeah. Super V. And that was, I don't know, I think 280 horsepower or something, you know. And you had some, you had some wings on that car, so you had a little bit of aerodynamic. You know, you learned about aerodynamics and you learned about, um, you know, what it took to, you know, to understand aerodynamics. And, mm -hmm. you know, you were, you were at all the IndyCar races, and so you met the guys. You were, you know, it was like. Compa you know, like they were like, companion like, events to the IndyCar yes, races. Yes, yes, much like you know Xfinity or whatever. And yeah. so how? So it's you know you you finish sixth in the in the standings behind Al Jr. Uh, yeah. and a few other guys yeah. in '81, right? Yeah, I didn't do like the last two or three races yeah. or something. You had yeah. a crash at Michigan. Yeah, those cars around Michigan. How fast? It's got wide open, right? You were just wide open. How fast? You're just 150, 180. Yeah, 100, no, 160. Yeah, 150, yeah. 160. Yeah. How'd you wreck? How to wreck? Uh, some guys crashed in front of me, Greg Atwell and uh, somebody else, and I went over top of them, you know. And uh, You got hurt? No, no, I didn't get hurt there. But just no, missed, no. You just missed races because the car was tore up? The uh, car was tore up. I was out oh, of money. Yeah, yeah, car was tore up. It was 1981. I was out of money. <laughs> I was out. I was out. Yeah. And uh, nothing. And and uh, that's when I met. So so Scott Brayton was a guy I raced with in Formula Fords, and he'd been in Indy cars, and his dad was an Indy car driver, and they had a they had a spare car, 
that they weren't going to qualify or whatever. And he said, why don't you come to Phoenix at the end of the year? I was out of money. I was out of everything. I was, I was out of racing, basically. Yeah. Mm. And he said, uh, why don't you come down to Phoenix and get and try to qualify our – it was a PC6, Penske PC6. This was in the fall of 81. And um, so I went down there. It was my first time driving an Indy car. You know, that things had like – Ever. Yeah, first time ever around. First time I ever drove an Indy car was Phoenix, Arizona, yeah. 1981, the fall of 81. And, uh, you know, going, there was no, you know, you went from 280 horsepower to like 800 horsepower. Good grief. And the car basically weighed about another 100 pounds or something. I mean, it was, a, you know, just a massive jump. There was no, there was nothing in between in those days, you know, like there. And guy, the only thing that was comparable was a sprint car. But that was a different, you know, that didn't teach yeah. anything about how to drive an Indy car in those yeah. days. And so um, it was a real disconnect in the sport then, you know, in the, in the ladder system, if you will. And um, so anyway, yeah, I got in the, got in the, uh, got in their, their car and I, and I ran into, uh, uh, this guy comes up to me and he said, he said, are you, are you Chipper Ganassi? <laughs> I said, yes, sir. He said, where are you from? I said, uh, I said, I'm from Pittsburgh. And he said, no, you're not. Where are you from? I said, sir. He said, you're from Manesson, which is a little town outside of Pittsburgh. And I said, oh, yes, I'm from Manesson. He, <laughs> said, he, and he looked at me and said, I'm from Manesson. And I said, oh, what's your name? And he said, I'm Ralph Salvino. I'm with STP. Damn. And, uh, you know, he was, that yeah. was Andy's guy, you know, Ralph. And, uh, and he took me under his wing and introduced me to the petties and, you know, and, and, and and he said, you know, I'm going to help you, you know. And I said, okay. And, you know, somebody, you know, if you said, okay, what do you say? Somebody said they're going to help you. Said, yeah. Okay, you know, yeah, okay. But I didn't think anything of it, you right. know. And, you know, so the winter sort of comes along, and and uh, a guy named Gordon Smiley was driving for a guy named Jack Rhodes at the time mm-hmm. in 1981. And he left Jack Rhodes' team and went to drive for a guy named Lindsey Hopkins. And left this opening in Jack Rhodes' team. And he called up Ralph Salvino. Ralph said, you should get Chip Ganassi to drive for it. You know, and they didn't have a trailer. And I remember, I remember and I had a, a dually and a chaparral. I said, oh, you, can, I, you can have my trailer, you know. I got a dually and a chaparral. So I threw that into the deal, and we went racing, you know. Dang, just in like 1982, that. In 1982, yeah. Well, yeah. Wait a second, though. Back up for a second. How, how did you do at Phoenix? So, yeah, so in qualifying with Brayton's you, car, you mean, in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, your yeah, first no, that's when I that's when I fell out in qualifying. Yeah, the engine blew up in qualifying. Oh, yeah. oh, so you yeah. didn't even qualify for the race. Not even qualify but, for the race, yeah. But your first laps at speed were... F- Holy sh**, your first laps at speed. Was it practice? I just remember, yeah, well, of course it yeah. was practice. I just remember coming out of turn four and nailing that thing for the first time. And I mean, <laughs> it just nailed you in the seat. And you're going, Jesus. You know, and you get out into turn one. You go into turn one... In those days, about 170 miles an hour, you know. Holy crap. And you're just, man, you're just off the gas, on the brake, and you're just, oh, my God, you know. And, yeah, it was just pretty uh, pretty interesting, to say the <laughs> least. Yeah, it took you a while to get used to it. But it was great. Exp- you know, that was, that, you know, you know, the, you know, it's like if you can drive around a short track, you can, yeah. you know, you can drive anywhere, yeah. In 82, yeah. you ran five races? Yeah, yeah. So how do you determine? With roads. Yeah, yeah, and what are you doing between those? Yeah, I was just. Putzing around, you know, at the race shop and, you know, working for my dad and, you know, just trying to figure something out. A little bit of everything, yeah. How did how those races go? I thought pretty good, you know. Yeah. Like in Cleveland, we were second in Cleveland. Um, no, no, we no, that was 83. Mm-hmm. 82, yeah. I mean, it was 
like, like it was just so hard to break into it in those days because, you know, you had, you had all these guys, you know, Foyt, Rutherford, Johncock, Mario. Yeah. Uh, you know, all these guys that have been around forever, and there was nobody pushing their way in, you know. and um, How and good was your car? It was okay. It was Mario's car from 81. Oh. So it was a, it was a no. Wildcat. It was a, it was a Wildcat chassis, Cosworth motor, and it was the car that he'd won with in 81. You know, did he remember that? That was the year. Did he win or did he or Bobby oh. Unser win that year? Remember right. that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was that car. So it was, a you know, the car had a pretty good setup on yeah. it, you know, and they, like we had, had some experience with you the car. You went to Indy so. for the first time in that 82 yeah. season. Yes. What was that like? Just incredible. I'd, I'd, uh, I, I graduated from college. I turned 23, and I went to the Indy 500 all in a 10-day period. Damn it. So I missed commencement. Like yeah. I said, I missed commencement. So, and, uh, I, I mean, I guess at that age, you're too young to get too damn nervous about it. Right. Right. You're just, yeah. you're, you're just, just nothing. You know, you were bulletproof. You're wide you know, ass open. Like yeah. yeah, you're bulletproof, you know. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. do you have to go out there and get? Do you, did you have to do that rookie deal where you go out there and run? Oh yeah, yeah. You had to get somebody to sign off on your license. Yep. That's when Parnelli signed off on my license. It yeah, says yeah. you went hundred. You went one hundred ninety-seven in qualifying. One hundred ninety-seven point seven. I can yeah. tell you exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> that was because because I'd never held it. I never held it flat through one and two ever ever mm-hmm. up until qualifying. And I just said you knew you had to. I knew I had to, and I was going to hold it flat. And it was like. Three miles an hour. I'm telling you, you know it's like yeah. it's, it's just it's like that. It was like three miles. An Explain hour. that though. There's a formal rookie. Is it? Oh it, yeah, rookie you, orientation. The, yeah. An orientation, but, they, but but you can can you also not get approved and obviously uh, yeah. you know Absolutely. sent packing. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. If you just don't have it, do you have to hit a, a particular speed or time? Yeah, they they, they you know I'm, I'm, they give you like two or three different segments. They'll say they'll say go do go do you know ten laps at a hundred and. 70 or something you say okay that's piece okay. Of cake, you know piece of cake then they'll say go do 10 laps at 180 you know and then they say go do 10 laps at 190 you know so then you're kind of okay, i got it you know? okay yeah. yeah okay yeah you finished 15th in that race yeah. were you happy about that i imagine well yeah i had a yeah. little engine problem near the very end yeah i think i missed a gear or something actually on the on the, one of the restarts it was like i zinged the motor and yeah. i was like i got the gear and i kept going but then it motor pitched a little soon after that yeah so just moving on to the 83 season, uh, you had top five finishes in the last three races. Yeah, yeah. I was with Patrick. Sounds on really remarkable. It, it, you know, they said I was the most improved driver in 1983. I won the most improved driver award. And I always said, I don't know if that said more about 82 or more about 83. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Like, was I so bad that, that you know, I, I had all that room for improvement? But, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the, last, the last couple I remember, you know, uh, Caesar, we raced at Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, you know, right next to Caesar's Palace Hotel. They had a racetrack yeah. there, and and it was, uh, you know, one. And then a week later, we went to uh, Laguna Seca, and one race it was Mario, Tio, Fabi, then me. Then the next week it was Fabi, Mario, then me. Those two and, guys, uh, just uh, yeah, yeah, three, three, uh, three Italians. There you are, yeah, 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 on, yeah, the, yeah on the on the podium. podium. Yeah, well, that's yeah, yeah. but you, it feels like you're coming into your own though at this point. Like you, you must be to, starting yeah. to get really comfortable. Yeah, I was here. getting comfortable. I was, you know, you just ran a handful of races. I know. Yeah, but yeah. I just ran a handful of races. I was just getting there where I hadn't I hadn't done a full season yet. Right. You know. Yeah. I think yeah. that's pretty fascinating that yeah. you know you would have top three finishes so quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was anybody else like, hey, man? Damn, damn, damn! Where'd you come yeah, I from? I mean, you know, you know, Ralph and those guys were 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 you know encouraging me, and you know, and I remember in those days coming down here to Daytona, and 
you know, they, you know, it was, I was, you know, hanging out with the Petties and Tim Richmond and those guys and, you know, just getting to know these guys. And, you know, you just, they just were introducing me around and I was getting to meet people. And So while all of this is happening, you're mm-hmm. also mingling with NASCAR people. People, yes. Be- but through yeah. STP. Through, yeah. STP. through STP, pretty but that's, much. But yeah. that, is that, you know, is that, it's just coincidental at the time, right? It's completely coincidental. But would that be... Was that like the seed? Yes. Of course. That was the seed that, you know, got a little water on it, a little more water, a little more water, you know, just over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get an eighth place finish at Indy in 83, 1984, started off slow, career best finish at Cleveland in second place. Right. Uh, Let's get to the crash at Indy. Michigan. Or Michigan, I'm sorry. Right, Michigan. Um, What what happened? I was having a, you know, the car was fast. I was running like in the top four or five, six or something in the race. And I came in for the first stop and they lit me on fire. And that was one of those years they came out with a new, um, a new buck, you know, in the fuels, in the, 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 the fuel, um, you know, inlet on the yes. car. There was a new system or something and guys were having trouble getting the fuel thing straight. And, uh, you know, like half the pit stops, you know, fuel would come shooting out of the thing, you know, and just lit us on fire. Goodness. Anyway, lit me on fire. And uh, a couple guys, you know, I still see a couple guys today running around that got burns from that day, I remember. And uh, so I'd lost a lap or something. I was down a lap. And I unlapped myself mm-hmm. on the track. I was fast, you know. And, I mean, I unlapped myself on the track. I was really coming. I'm thinking, man, I'm coming back. This is good, you know. And we were running these little tiny shocks on the back, I remember. We had these new conies in those days. And they were little tiny things. And, uh, and. So in, it was bumpy, and and we were we were bottoming the shocks. You know, I was bottoming the rear shocks, and didn't know it. You know, I mean, I kind of figured because it would just get loose all of a sudden. You know, just yeah. wham. You know, and that's kind of what happened. You know, there, you know, I just lost it coming off a of two one time. You know, kind of flattens out there. Yeah, coming off two, and uh, you know, I just got a little. You know, it was going a little too fast. You know, right before, it always runs real good right before, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're always Had you ever good. been in a wreck, a wreck like that before? I, I crashed the Phoenix one time in yeah. testing. You know, I remember I remember I crashed in Phoenix one time. I, you know, like I, I remember, I remember turning down into turn one and I hooked the, I hooked the left front tire on the apron. You know, that was when mm-hmm. the, the apron was, yep. um, it's a big transition. A big transition yeah. to the apron. You know, it wasn't a smooth right. transition. It was a, a literal an edge there. You know, and I and I hooked the left front tire, and I, you know, it just started to bring the rear end around. I thought, oh, I'm going to spin. So I'm thinking, okay, this is my going to be my. F-. I remember th- vividly thinking to myself, man, this is going to be my first IndyCar crash. Just bring my both feet to the middle, put the clutch in. When it comes around, I'll just catch it and do a 180 and keep going. You know, <laughs> and I mean, the next thing I know, I'm at the exit of turn two. And the whole right side is blown off the car, you know. And I'm just like, what just happened? You know, yeah. like it happened so fast. Right. You, know, you, you slow it down in your head. But then all of a sudden you realize it was going way faster than you thought it was, you know. So, Do you remember tumbling through the infield? So, yeah, at Michigan, I don't remember any of that. You no. know, like I, I, I was just showing somebody that video the other day. And when you oh, watch the it, accident means nothing. nothing. Means nothing. Wow. Could be anybody. Yeah. Could be anybody. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't mean well, a thing. Then what's your first memory then of uh, after that event? After that event, I remember waking up. I was at the University of Michigan Medical Center in okay. Ann Arbor. They flew me out of there in the helicopter to Ann Arbor, and I remember sitting there and I was in an oxygen tent and they had tubes down my throat. You woke and, up with all that. Yeah, I woke up with that. Oh. You know, and um, and uh, and this was like on Monday. 
I was in a, I was in a coma overnight. I found out later. Yeah. And uh, I remember the doctor saying, you know, Chip's gonna have problems. My my parents are sitting there, and uh, and they said Chip's gonna have problems. He's never gonna be able to drive a car again. He's uh, he's gonna have problems with his. I remember him saying he's gonna have problems with his long term memory. And I'm thinking, and I can't talk. Right. So I'm thinking, long-term memory? What's long-term memory? Like something we learned a long time ago. <laughs> so I think, like, what's two plus two? Two plus two is four, you know? What's yeah. six You're checking six yourself out. I'm checking myself out. He says, he's going to have trouble driving. And I'm thinking, I'm moving my fingers like this, and I'm moving my toes, you know, thinking I'm all right, you know? And uh, <laughs> so, I'd hit, so I'd hit my head on, like, what happens is, and you probably know this from, from your driving, you know, you, when you have an accident like that and you hit your head, like if you hit your head on on the left side, let's say, your the damage you get is on the right uh-huh. because your brain oh, yeah. is like suspended in in liquid, Tethered. And it, it, yeah. yeah, and it kind of goes over, and then and the snapback is what gets yeah. you, you know, when you get a, a concussion or whatever, it's the snapback that gets you. So yeah, so I had short term memory loss. So people would come in and visit me, and I was fine, you know. I'd say, hey, you know, like if you came in, I'd say, hey, Dale, hey, Mike, how you guys doing? You know, what's going on? Everything okay? How's the podcast? You know, and you say, yeah, yeah good. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine, man. Okay, good. And you say, okay, we're going to go down and get something to eat. We'll be back in 15 minutes. You know, I say, okay, great. See, have a good time. You know, try some of the soup, you know. Okay. Yeah. You get down, you come back in 15 minutes. I go, hey, Dale, Mike, how you guys doing? No shit. Oh, yeah. I was like, whoa. So that lasted for about 10 days, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so and that they, eventually got better. Yeah, that eventually got better. So yeah. they said they thought, you know, when you when they got to you at the car, you were unresponsive, and they you, they had to get you your heart started. Like you were, I was out like a light. You were yeah. headed. Yeah, they were, stuck a tube down my throat, and uh, yeah, Steve Olvey and saved your life. Save my life. Saved your life. Save my life. Yep. No question. Yeah. Do you ever do you ever see him after that? I just saw him. It, ironically, I just saw him. About a month ago, at the at the Motorsports Hall of Fame in Daytona, yeah. they inducted he and Trammell into the Hall of Fame. So I went down there for that to make sure I was I made sure I was there to see those guys. That's cool. What you know, there aren't many people that you have. There aren't many people you run into in life that you could say that guy saved my life. Yeah, like like that's a big thing. That is a big thing. That's a big. Have thing. you ever had more than a com- um, you know? Have you ever had more than a casual conversation with him about it? Oh yeah. Oh, plenty of times. Oh yeah. yeah what yeah, do you yeah. tell somebody? First of all, you say thank you. <laughs> I mean, you start with a, yeah. a, a big thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, and then you ask him about it. You ask him kind of what happened because I guess I didn't realize this, but when you're when you're unconscious and you're belted in the car and you're unconscious, you know you're not moving. You're you're belted in tight, and your your head. If you drop your head, it it um it closes your windpipe. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're unconscious and your windpipe's closed, so you get no oxygen, you know. So that's a big thing, you know, that's, that's different from, like, a regular car accident. Okay. Like, if you're in a car accident and you just have a lap belt on, you know, you might, you know, you might not know where your head is. But when you're belted in, your shoulders are back like that. When you are unconscious, your head drops, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, yeah. And that's why they thought you were dead. Because th- yeah. this is oh, no, I mean honestly, well, they, it's they very deliberate. It says, "Oh, we thought you were dead," and t- and uh, he told my father, up. like he told my father, he said, like we put Chip in the helicopter, and we're, like we we don't have the facilities here to take care of him. We put him in the helicopter, and he said at the time, he he didn't tell my father this at the time. This is after the fact. He yeah. said he said we weren't sure he was going to make it to the hospital. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know, That's, yeah. in in all seriousness, they they yeah. really were that concerned. Yeah. That's fascinating, man. And yeah. so 
Yeah. You know, the issues with the short-term memory and that was, you know, 10 days, but yeah. any, you know, how long did it take you to really get to where you felt like you're, you know, when did yeah, you drive a car? probably six months. So that was in July. The yeah. accident was in July. And I drove again in uh, at Phoenix the last race of the year. I went back and How did me. your, con- what was the conversation like with your parents about you wanting to go back racing? Yeah, just, uh, you know, they didn't understand it, but, you know, you know, it's like you want to leave on your own terms. You know, yeah. you don't want to leave on because of, you want to leave on your own terms. So, yeah, yeah I left on my own. We know that all too well. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> we get that, yeah. So I went back and, you know, I drove, like, uh, in, in 85, I just drove for Foyt at the Speedway. Yeah. And then I, and then started to drive a little for Machinist Union, and then I was started driving some sports cars and stuff, and, you know. What did you think about that? About sports cars? Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. You know, it was it was kind of um, you know I was good at it. We won a couple of races, and you know uh, it was kind of like where my roots, like road racing. I had road racing roots, yeah. So that kind of came came easy, you know, came came very easily. And uh, you know, when you get in a good car, you know you're ready to go. And you know, if you're a good driver, you get in a good car, you're gonna you're gonna win. Yeah, you know? yeah. It was a good car. I got in. Yeah. So, in 1987, you ran the 24 Hours of Ma. Yeah. You ran the 24 Hours of Daytona uh, in 86. 85 and 86. 85, yeah. 86. Yeah, you were, on, uh, you were with John Paul Jr. That dude's, yeah. That dude's got a story. Oh, man. He, yeah, he's got some story, <laughs> doesn't he? Yeah. 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 I just remember at Daytona waking me up in the middle of the night. You, you drove the 24 Hours there, you know, like, and in those days, you know, there weren't energy drinks and sports you know we had coffee yeah. you know we had coffee in those days and and uh i remember and you used to when you used to turn down into turn one there at daytona there was a thing that would flash up your straightaway speed and um and like as you turned into turn one there was a there was just a border and it just flashed up your straightaway speed and uh, i remember like they woke me up at four in the morning it was time for me to drive i was going to drive the like four to seven when the sun comes up and um I remember my girlfriend come waking me up. Come on, come on, get up, get up, time to go. Here's a cup of coffee, you know, and I have my suit on, you know, and I put a dry T-shirt on. I pull my suit up and get out to the pit lane. And and I, I vividly remember two things. I remember one, I remember going out of the pits and uh, like, the fir- like the first time going, I get up on the banking, you know, come off the the infield, and I get up on the banking, and I can remember I could smell like somebody cooking hamburgers in the middle of the night. You know, like just you, you somebody's grill. You know, you could smell that grease on the grill. And I came around, like, and then this like the second the second lap, I remember, I look up and I look, the the speed flashes up. I was driving a, that Buick March. It was uh, Phil Conti's car. RC Cola was the sponsor. Thing was fast. It was a turbo Buick, and. Um, I remember the speed flashing up, 202, 202. And I vividly remember, like, thinking to myself, I was in a dead sleep, like, 15 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. And here I am going 202 miles an hour, you know. This is exactly the same thing that I would think every morning we'd have those 8 a.m. practices. <laughs> like, at, like at Atlanta. Yeah. They're like, hey, man, get in the car. You're going to go practice 195 miles an hour. Right. Right? Right? Yeah, like, I was sleeping. You, like you guys have sheet marks on your face as y'all are driving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. right. That is the damn yeah. truth. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I remember. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's the little things. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So while you were injured, 
you went back to work for the family business yeah. a little bit, and that was yeah. a bit of a wake up call that yeah, racing's where I belong. Yes, exactly. And you exactly. invested in a race team in '87. Yes, yes. What, so, what team did you invest in? So Patrick was he was he was kind of getting out of racing, and I was going to get in. So you know, I wanted I wanted I wanted to stay in racing basically, and I had I had a half a million bucks saved up, and my dad lent me a half million bucks, and so I bought the team, and um, you know that was at the end of '87, and then the the deal was uh, Patrick would run it in '88. We would share the management of it in 89 then he'd be gone in 90 because I was like 28 years old at the time 29 28 29 years old so you know you weren't there weren't any 28 or 29 year old car owners running around in those right. days and uh so yeah so in 88 we had Emerson Fittipaldi as a as a uh, as a driver mm-hmm. Marlboro was a sponsor you know it was pretty good you know just and uh finished second at Indy second in the championship 89 one Indy, won the championship. When was the last time you drove a race car? Uh, yeah, a, a, a real race car would be Le Mans, you know. Um, but, I, I, you know, after I, I putzed around in, like, some, you know, demonstrations or some yeah. things like that. But in a, in a race situation would be Le Mans. In 87? Yeah. In 87, yeah. How did you come to terms with making that choice that you're not going to drive anymore, you're going to be an owner? You're young. It's tough. Yeah. It's the toughest thing ever. Why did you, you do know? it? Well, because there were just opportunities that I wasn't getting, you know, like there were there were guys coming into the sport at the time. Michael Andretti was coming along, and Al Unser Jr. and uh, you know, there were just like they were the new young guys coming in, and and they were getting opportunities that that weren't there for me, you know, and because I didn't have, you know, the 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 record or the name or whatever but, for whatever reason or the sponsorship. But you know. you'd moved to IMSA and sports cars and yeah. you had success and yeah, had, there was yeah. so many other avenues. Yeah, I mean, it but just, just the driving. Just, I was being pulled like I, I was. I was mentally in my head, you know. I, you know, I was being pulled. Do I do the family business thing? Do I oh, go in racing? Okay. Do I? You know, I, uh, you know, do I use my education? What do I? What, you know, I was all mixed up there. Wait, but is this you? <laughs> yeah. Is this you and your self, uh, self reflections, or are people trying to sway you in one direction or another? All of the above. All of the above. All of the above. Yeah. And so, is anybody advocating for you to stay driving? Nobody. Nobody except me. Except yeah. you. Okay. Except, yeah, that's yeah. that's fair. Even, right? even me. I, even I was just like, you know, yeah, I wasn't. You know, I could just see the writing on the wall. Like, like I always felt like you had to make a, you know, Dale, when you drive, you know, you got to make a commitment. You don't only make it a commitment for yourself, but you're making a commitment to, you know, another, you know, 50 people probably, yeah. you know, that, that are that are counting on you to do what you say you're going to sure. do. You know, like whether it's, you know, crew chiefs, engineers, sponsors, people, you know, like I, and I felt like I had to make like another three to five year commitment, you know, like a three to five year push. If you're going to stay, I'm going to stay driving. Okay. I'm going to make a, a big push here for three to five years. You know what I mean? And you got to, you know, I just couldn't look people straight in the eye and tell them that's what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? So, so I figured it was, that's, you know. I get that's that. But unusual, then, so I understand that. I do. And, but you then make an even more, in my opinion, more, cause I'm a, I'm, I'm on this side of it too. Mm-hmm. An even more difficult commitment as an owner you're now more responsible for all of the employees' livelihoods and financing this team and however you find the sponsorships and all that's now your responsibility, which as a driver yeah, it is but, at some point. But but you don't and, – and, and, and I'm going to tell you something you probably know, and that is 
you don't realize, I mean, here you are, I'm looking at your team out there in the garage and I'm saying to myself, you know, you don't realize how much you pick up about the business from your dad. And that's what I did. I picked up the business from my dad and even know it. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, working for him, I was like picking up how, you know, how you treat people or how you, you know, when to be a disciplinarian and when to be their buddy, you know, yep. and that kind of thing. You just learn that and you don't even know you're learning it when you're around that that situation. Does that that's, make sense? It's very good, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like you, you I'm sure you, you know, you have an example, mm-hmm. I'm sure, of something you learned. You didn't even know you were learning it, mm-hmm. you know, but you just picked it up because of your family. Yeah. You know, and what they were doing. You just picked it up, yeah. I think both of you probably had some intuitive stuff that you didn't ever know you have, whether you picked it up or whether you were almost instinctually just, y'all have it. I mean, like, I think that business owners got to have it, don't they? I mean, just, just, just some, whether it it's helps common when you sense grow up in it, you know, you I grow mean, you're up a in finance it, major. I mean, like, so that, that can't hurt. Um, yeah, but I, I, I could argue with you that the, the, you? the best college I had was hanging out with my father, you know. Yeah. I don't doubt that at all. But let me yeah. ask you this. When you did make the decision to get into team ownership, it sounds like you're making that decision because you want to be in racing. Right. Not because of the business model being so uh, renowned for uh, right. being able to make money. No, right. What was the business model like at the time? I mean, like, what? what <laughs> was, just so I know was, what the expectations would have been for you. It was it was uh, three to four million dollars a year to run the team, to run the whole team. Okay, that was a frontline IndyCar really team expensive. in those days. Yeah, but that was a frontline IndyCar. They didn't run at the front. And that was yeah. having a driver that got paid, you know, close to a million dollars in those days, all in, you know, like, and. Uh, and you know that I like the business model was uh in year one, the business model was make sure we're here in year two <laughs> right you know like I mean I think you know that's... you were never thinking again, you know, did I want to be successful? Sure, did I want to win races? Sure, did I think I could do it? Sure, did I tell anybody that? No, <laughs> you know like yeah. it's like you know, again, you go back to when you're five years old, you know you're going to be a race car driver, well, sure you are, you know, but you know. You know, you don't think it's ever really. A, that's interesting because that's that's consistent with what I think it. most people are like in racing is that they're not getting into it because it's going to make them money. You're just right. hoping to break even, passion. and, and, passion, and passion, of course man. you've got I mean, goals that you want to win races. And the same. It's just to stay alive. Today. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> today. It's the same today. Exactly. It's the same today. Yeah. Make sure we're around next make year. Sure you're you know? here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It literally is the same. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Well, it worked out yeah. really well in 89. Y'all won the Indy 500 in the right. championship. So right. talk, tell me why, tell me how that early success influenced you. Um, are you sitting there going, well, damn, you know? Not bad, huh? Yeah. yeah. Not bad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just showed you. Know what it really, you, know what it, you know what it showed me? You know what it showed me? It, it gave me a real respect for for. Good people and, and people know what they're doing. Get good people around you. You know, you look a lot better than you get good people around you. Yeah, that's you a know? fact. I mean, you know, I'm not interested in running a school for anybody. You know, just get the good guys and you're done. You're there. You know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's. Uh, I learned. You know, I sat back and I watched, and I'm thinking, you know, because <laughs> everybody has, you know, in racing, everybody can look at. You know, I can look out there in the shop, and I can count your cars and count the people, and everybody knows what everybody else has. They see it on the weekend. You know, you see your group pitted right next to them. You look at their car; it's right there. You can see see the cars. You can see the tools. You can see the people. Everybody and everybody has all the today. You know, everybody has it all. Yeah. So the only difference is the people. 
So and, you win the you win Indy in the championship in eighty nine. Mm-hmm. You end up changing the name of the team to Chip Ganassi Racing in ninety. Right. You signed Eddie Cheever. Yeah. And but and you bring Target. Yeah. Um, but your first win is ninety four. Yeah. What happened? Yeah, just um, you know, it was it was uh, you know Cheever. I'll tell you a funny story about him. I like Eddie. We're friends. I was dating a girl, and uh, we flew over to Mid Ohio in my friend's helicopter one day to a test. Eddie was over there testing, and I was trying to impress this new girlfriend of mine. And I said, "Come on, let's go over to the racetrack, and we're going to test one there today. You know, it's the middle of summer." And we go over, and Eddie's driving around. Thinking, I said, "Come on, let's go down here." And we went to the bottom of the straightaway on those mounds. They just put those mounds in at, at Mid Ohio. Truman just redid the track, and he he put the mounds in. And we go down, and we we're sitting on the mound and you know i'm sitting there with her and we're watching eddie go around just the two of us nobody in sight you know and, and uh she had a great line and, and this girl had never been to a race in her life never been to a racetrack never knew she said i just have a question i said yeah sure what's up she said well how come one time when he comes by he's on that side of the track and then the next time he comes by he's on this side of the track and i go god damn it I want to fire him. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I knew. Like, so she just saw for the first time what I was trying to figure out, you know, like, why is this guy not, you know, like, <laughs> Eddie was a great guy. I love him. But he was like, you know, he, the fastest he was going to go all weekend was the second he got off the track. The, the minute his first lap his was first his lap. fastest lap yeah. all weekend. Then he just slowed down, you know, yeah. the whole rest of the time. Changes, change that, change this. We, Slow down, slow down, slow down. All I, I'll, not all I remember, but mostly what I remember about Eddie was running Daddy down in the apron at Daytona in the mm-hmm. IROC race. Uh-huh. You remember that? Way? What happened? He blocked Dad. They was running an IROC race. He blocks mm-hmm. Dad down into the apron. Sent Dad, on, Dad spin sideways down. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then they got after, they, Daddy spun him out after the race. And then they had a little conversation. Nice, <laughs> love it. A little Earnhardt Cheever yeah. post yeah, 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 action. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie was a great guy. I mean, in, in uh, yeah, he, uh, I was he in, in one race he crashed out three generations of Andrettis in one race. <laughs> That's hilarious. He's the only guy ever to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I History. love I love Eddie. He's a History. great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> three generations. Oh yeah, he got Marco, Michael, and Mario. <laughs> he crashed them all out of a race at one time or another. Uh, <laughs> 96 through 99, you end up winning uh, four consecutive championships with Vassar, Alex Zanardi, yeah. Juan Pablo. Yeah. Um, Those were some days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, back to back, you go back to Indy for the 500 uh, after the 96 IRL cart split mm-hmm. uh, to become the first win uh, for that for, yep. for that deal. Montoya, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what kind of race car driver was, was Juan? I mean, I've always – Enjoyed being around him. And yeah. Such yeah. a unique kind of guy. He was, in his younger, you know, when he was 20 to probably 20 to 30, you know, there was nobody faster. Yeah. I mean, if you just, you know, if you just got the car close, he made up for the rest. I mean, you know, you just, you know, you'd say, How, what's the car? How's the car? Okay. What do you, what's the car doing? What do you need? You know, he goes, eh, it's okay. It's okay. You know, I'd say, what? You know, so he was, you know, the engineer would just, you know, Put a setup on the car and he just drove it, man. I yeah. mean, the guy was just fast mm. and you know fearless and fast, and uh, you know he had some great, great, blindingly fast races. And he was a quick learner at tracks. He won Michigan the first time out. You know, he and Michael had a big battle at the end of the Michigan 500. He'd never seen the place and he yeah. won the race. 
and um, you know he was just incredible, just yeah. incredible as a driver. Yeah, you yeah. ended up bringing him to NASCAR. Yeah, and yeah. that actually was one of the few times when that transition actually works. Right, right. right. And um, how do you think he feels about his NASCAR career? Yeah, I think he's okay with it. You know, yeah. like he, you know, like we, we. To be quite honest, you know, we that was one of our greatest years as a team. You know, for the like, we weren't putting. We, were our cars good? Our cars were good. Were they great? No. Yeah. And um, so we were. You know, uh, there were better cars out there in those days than yeah. than he than I was giving him. To I always, drive. I always felt like amazed that we had an F one. You yeah. know talent that was now yeah. a part of our world full yeah. and he fully yeah. fully committed like he was fully into it you know what was interesting about him was you know he didn't grow up in europe a lot of those formula one guys grew up in europe so they like it's home for them that's what they grew up thinking about being wanting to be you know and he was from south america and miami you know what i mean and he just he didn't he didn't have that draw to Europe, you know, that he wanted to be in Europe, 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 Europe all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. He he just wanted to be home at night. I remember when I talked to him the first time, he said, Oh man, I'd love to do NASCAR. He goes, I can go home on Sunday nights. You know, he says, I never get home in this Formula One, I never get home. And uh, you know, and he was starting yeah. to have kids and you know, like he said, I I'd love to do it, man. I'll come do it. And he goes, Let's what, go. What's the fan base like? For Juan. So, like, you know, Rick would always give me a hard time about my fan base, and I know Juan's got some passionate fans. Yeah. What, what as an owner, um, does that does that play into anything, or does do you feel any of the effects of that in terms of, like, pl- trying to please a very passionate group of people that are pulling for this driver you've got? I'll just tell you this. I'll, yeah. I'll just tell you this. Okay, how many years ago was that with Montoya was, uh, you know, that was uh, – 2000, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what 23 years ago, right? And 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 uh, you know, so he drove with us in Indy cars and then NASCAR, whatever. Okay, I I I, I built a house in uh, Naples, Florida. Last finish it up last year. Yeah. Get a cleaning lady there. Cleaning ladies from Columbia. I go to someone introduced me to her. It's their cleaning lady. They said, hey, you got to hire this lady for your house. You know, I said, okay, great. I go meet her. She said, Ganassi. I said, yeah. She said. Montoya. Mm. I said, yeah. She goes, oh, big fan. And I said, okay, great. You know, so it was like we hit it off right away. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, so you tell me, you know, 23 years later, it's still, yeah. you know, it still fires, you know. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so go back. Why, why start a NASCAR team, by the way? What, what, what led to that? Yeah, you know, I, I, I um, every year, you know, I don't know why this is, but every year that you're in IndyCar racing, since I've been in it every year, you know, you get that question, everybody, um, you know, you know you're, you're racing, you're going along, and everybody, all of a sudden, somebody looks at you and they go, Chip, how's IndyCar racing doing, you know? Uh, and I'm like, fine. You know, why? fine. Why do you ask? Well, you know, it's, you don't know. And, and so there was a lot of turmoil in those days. There were some public divorces, right? Right, like there, was the, there was the split, and there yeah. was this, and there was that. And when you, when you, when you, and I, and I just thought to myself, you know, I had this commitment to all these people and, 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 you know, and I liked going to races. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the aspect of being there, being in the pits, being with the team, being on the guy. I enjoyed that team atmosphere, yeah. that, that team player kind of thing. And, uh, 
And, you know, there was some question as to what the future of IndyCar racing was going to be right around 2000 there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, and, and, and I realized all the same people in those days that were uh, putting the money into IndyCar racing were the same guys, especially like the car, the factories, you know, the Chevrolets, the Fords, Toyota, those guys, they were all, they were all the same guys. You know, I'd see them here and I'd say, hey, you know, help me on IndyCars. What are you doing? I can't come to IndyCar racing. I'm going to NASCAR next week. You know, and I'll be like, what are you doing over there? Well, we do this with that team. We do this, we do that, we do that. We just... And so I just thought, you know, it's the same people supplying the fuel, if you will, to the sport, you know, meaning the money, you yeah. know, it's the same people supplying that fuel to NASCAR that we're supplying it in IndyCar racing. And so I thought, man, you know, like I could, I can do that, you know, yeah. and I knew some people in it, you know, and. What was the biggest hurdle then? Did you feel like you had to start a shop in in North Carolina as opposed to India? I mean, like you knew that oh, you had yeah. to do that stuff, right? Yeah, no, I never thought so, about doing so, it in India or so, anything. So then, or, then is it to find a partner? It was, not necessarily find a partner, but I found a good one. But, you know, it was just find a, an entry point. Okay. You know, find some insertion point, if you will, like how to, you know. And I, I, I my first, my first, um, my first experience was really with Ricky Rudd. I, he, I, I flew into Statesville one day, and he drove me all around. We were just talking about the business, and he was trying to get out of it at the time. He was, he was kind of up to here with it for whatever reason. And, and um, you know, so I, I remember talking to him first, and then, and then I had known Felix over the years. Like before that, we did some stuff with – I was with – I was in the movie uh, Smoking the Bandit 3. And I was, and it was being filmed here in Monroe, North Carolina, and it was myself, Richard Childress, Neil Bonnet, and Stan Barrett. Mm-hmm. And Stan hired us to be the stuntmen, and we were driving police cars, you know, dressed as the cops with the glasses <laughs> and the sticks and the boots. And I got a great side story there. I'll tell you in a minute. But um, so, I, and I rented Felix's plane to get to the race that weekend, which was in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, or something. I remember I rented his plane and. So I knew Felix. So you, and, you, yeah. so you know, you knew people and everything. So I called him up one day. I said, hey, Felix, I'm, I'm thinking about getting into NASCAR. You know, what do you think? He goes, hey, he goes, buy my team. Uh, and I Sab- said, what? It was for Sabco, right? Yeah, yeah, it was Sabco. You know, it was right over here in um, on the other side of the freeway next to 36. Oh, yeah. over here in the oh, business yeah. park uh, in Where front row, where front row is now. Most, where, yeah, most that was, teams were there around oh, that wow. time. Oh, wow. Right. That, next that was, yeah. that, Felix built that building, yeah. you know, where front row is. Me and Dad, or, you know, Dad lived on the lake about a mile and a half from there. That complex. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. Just across from the Best Buy now. Okay. But yeah. so he just casually says, Yeah. And we team. sat down and I said, You know, I said, Hey, I'd, I'd like to get involved in, you know, da 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 da. I mean, it took us 10 minutes. We made a deal. I mean, it literally <laughs> took us 10 minutes. And, you know, he had Coors as a sponsor. Right. And he had yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this I, and that, yeah, you know. I, what does he give you a, a price? And you're like, Yeah. Oh, that's a good price. I mean, he, you know, Did you I, I said, down? no, 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 we, we, well, I talked him into, you know, I forget, he gave me a number, you know, and I'm, how much I, a percentage did you buy? I bought 80%. 80? Oh, wow. Yeah, I bought I 80% of the team. Yeah, I bought 80% of the Damn team. Damn it. Yeah. And did he try to say, cause like, man, I mean, when you're selling a stock car team, it's pennies on the dollar, man, for like physical. Yeah, but he had a building. He had a nice yeah, building. He, he had have, some buildings. The, the buildings building, were worth. The building and the land's worth something, but right, not all these. The, this stuff in here, shit, you can't sell right, this to nobody. Right, right, right. But he had, <laughs> so he had sponsors. He, here's what he had. He had a building. 
He had, actually had two buildings, two buildings over there. He had the buildings, had the land, had a suite at, at Charlotte, had, uh, you know, had a motor home, had, uh, you know, there were some hard yeah. assets there that you could come up to about, you know, maybe five million, five, six yeah. million dollars worth so of stuff. So what'd you pay him for 80%? I think I paid six or seven million. That's a pretty good deal, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But go, right. wait, wait, wait. Going back to Dale's first question, because this is fascinating. We, we, yeah. We're now in the negotiating room. I'm getting a little insight into the two power players, Chip Ganassi and Felix Sabatis. Are you guys, are you, are you guys like writing numbers on paper and sliding oh, yeah, across just, the table? No, no, no. We're not sliding across the table. We're just scribbling, though. You know, and I remember, I remember he wanted. You know, I remember what he he wanted. He wanted more. You know, for his team, and I remember saying, "Okay, I'll tell you what." I said, "You keep twenty percent. Take twenty percent off. You keep twenty percent." You know, yeah. I'll pay you the same and number. You just keep some. Yeah, 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 now you're yeah. stuck in this marriage with me. <laughs> right, right, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Do, do yeah. you guys have your people in the room with you? Is it just you? No, two? no, no. It's just us. Oh, what an awesome yeah. situation yeah, 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 this yeah. is! It was great. It was great. I love yeah. it. Yeah, That's we good. had a great time together. We had a hell of, a, and I couldn't have come in with anybody. I mean, it, you know, it worked that well because. Felix didn't know anything about racing. You know I mean? So it worked out well. Yeah, he was good at he was good at finding the money, and I was good at racing. So it, was, yeah. it worked out well. Yeah. What was the side story at the Bandit? Shoot? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, the side story is, and uh, you asked Richard this, he'll tell you. So you know when you're doing these uh, films, a lot of downtime. Mm, you know, we're dance. out there dressed as cops, <laughs> with the hats and the glasses and the sticks and the guns and the boots. Myself, Childress, Neil Bonnet, Stan Barrett. And we're at, in front of some shopping center, strip center over in Monroe, Louisiana, or Monroe, North Carolina. And uh, Childress and I are standing there. And this is like the second or third day, you know, and we're sitting there. You stand around. The next shot's at 4 o'clock, and it's one thirty. You know, we're like, it's, it's, you know, 89 degrees, and you're outside, and, you know. Why are you doing this? Well, I'm just doing it because Stan Barrett was a friend, and, you know, we're having fun. You know, yeah. we just, we're all, four of us are all laughing and having fun and giggling. And so I said to Richard, I said, come on, let's have some fun here. Let's do, we got a black and white police car. We're dressed as cops. Let's have some fun, you know. So so we're, the, the, the shot's going on over that way about two, three hundred yards, and we're over here. And I said, come on, let's have some fun. So we hop in the black and white car, flip the lights on. And we pull over some lady driving a Corvette, and she has a number three license plate on the front of her car. <laughs> we pull her over, and I walk up, and I tap on the window with a stick, you know. And I said, ma'am, I said, excuse me, can you roll your window down? I said, yes, sir. I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I said, uh, I said, ma'am, can you see you're in the middle of a, we're, we're trying to shoot a, shoot a film here. I said, and you're in the middle of the set. I said, you can see all these trucks around. You can see there's a set going on. You drove, she said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And Childress says, she goes, you a Dale Earnhardt fan? She said, well, 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 no. I mean, yes. I mean, no. Well, my son is. My son is. And I said, okay. I said, well, he said, okay. He said, well, okay, that's good. And we said, okay, can, you can just keep driving now, ma'am. Go right ahead. And keep going. <laughs> that's you know? so funny. Yeah. So we were like pulling people over, you know, yeah. this, you know, being cops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> probably a law so, against that, by the way. There's probably a law against <laughs> that now. But not, yes, Richard. frown on that. Ask Richard that story when I you will. see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the story about the New York City Grand Prix? You wanted to put a race in the downtown, right? Yeah, racing yeah. around the base of the World Trade Center. So, uh, so I was I was uh, partners with IMG at the time. We had the the Grand Prix of the Meadowlands, so that's right across the river there. Mm-hmm. So we ran the Meadowlands race for two or three years there, 
and we wanted to move it into the whole idea of getting involved with that race was to move it into the city. There was a guy, Bud Stanner, there that ran their motorsports. Great guy, passed away about a year ago. He was Mark McCormick's motorsports guy. We had 27 meetings in New York. Goodness. With Mayor Dinkins, Mayor, oh my gosh. Mayor Dinkins' office. We had 27 meetings. And we had, we had Marlboro as a sponsor. And, uh, and I remember those guys kept, like, we were, I remember one day vividly being on top of the World Trade Center. And the guy saying, you know, you've got to be careful. You know, we have these uh, things here. You don't want to have an event. And I kept thinking, we, we, we want to have an event here. You know, and he said, no, you don't, you don't understand what I'm talking about. I mean, like an event. I go, what do you mean an event? He goes, well, like a terrorist act or something. I go, well, we're not going to have one of those. Oh, wow. And I remember him talking about that. Like they, and then, uh, yeah. And the, 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 we had the approval. We had the sponsorship. We had the approval from the city. And then at the, at, in the, in the 1159 of the 12th hour, you know, the IMG said, we're not doing this. We're, you know, we're just, it's just too much work. It was, it was too expensive to put a race on that was going to be a two day show. It was going to be like ten times more than any yeah. to put any other race on, you know, with the police and the this and the that, all these things you had to do. And with all of that information, what does your what is your like vi- what's your opinion of the Chicago Street Course race that NASCAR is going to do this year? You know, I I, I haven't really been following it that much. Oh. I mean, I know they're going to have one, and I, I wish them well. I think yeah. it's a you know it's a good market. It, you know, that can it can happen. I mean. What do you think? think Na- it'll be NASCAR's first street race. Yeah. As a as a guy who understands street racing. I mean, I, I don't. You know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, badmouth anybody's ideas or anything like that. I mean, I think it's. You know, I. You know, I just think there's so much good racing that goes on in NASCAR, at some great tracks. I don't think they have to go. I, I don't know that they. I don't know that that puts on a good race. You know, yeah. like I. What is I think, what is the? Uh, and I got. I got. By the way, I got in trouble the other day for saying the Formula One doesn't put on good races. Oh, you know, did like, you? Yeah, I said. Well, that. I got in trouble with who? Well, you know, people on Twitter and everything. Yeah. You know, oh, like right. I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I like, like I, I just think like all I'm saying is like they're on track racing. The product itself. The is, product. It's, I'm not talking about yeah. the people, the mechanics, the, yeah. the shows, the sponsor. This. And that. Yeah. I'm just talking about the racing itself on track. It's not great racing. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it, you know. But and and, and that can't be shocking to people, right? We, we, we all see the same race. Right, we all see the same race, right? Yeah. What is the so, opinion? What so, is? Where do you like? You know, some people have different. Uh, some people like different types of racing, right? No question. Where does street racing rank in the IndyCar world for you? Like, what is your opinion appreciation for? Street car, street racing versus a true traditional purpose-built road course. Go back to what I was saying earlier about Formula Fords. If you have a car that has the right balance mm-hmm. of power and tires and downforce and stick and all that stuff, you have the right balance of a car, you can put on a good road race, okay, or a good street race. Yep. Okay? Again, if you have the wrong balance, you know, like – I, I think, you know, when you get into a street race where there's walls, okay, you can't have a finish like you had at Coda the other yeah. day. <laughs> you know, you, or how many finishes did they have there? You know, yeah, you can't yeah. have they're all still those. Having they're still having finishes. Yeah, yeah. You know, because the track will be blocked. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about that. Um, you know, uh, I, I, but, but again, I mean, hey, I, 
you know, like why do they? Over the, one thing I've learned about one thing I've learned in, about NASCAR was I questions a lot. I question a lot of things they've done over twenty years. You know what I mean? The fact of the matter is, not many, not, not too many of them. I could go look back and say that was a bad decision. You know, I mean, a couple sure. here and there. You know, but yeah. but I mean, but for the most part, yeah, good. So, if they bring some new people in or they bring some new fans, hey, great. I don't I don't know how you measure that or what it's going. I mean, I measure it by how many people want to get involved in the sport. That's yeah. my little, you know, that's your eye test. That's my eye test. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. How many people want to get involved? So I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I know I'm excited I'm, about it. I'm, yeah. I, you know, I don't know what I'm going to see. Yeah, but. It'll be everything's cool the first time. Sure, you know I agree. And yeah, yeah. I, I I also uh, appreciate your opinion about you know there's a lot of great racetracks and a lot of great places we can be going, but yeah. we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, it just seems like a ton of work to put it together. Just, oh yeah, just that like, that will ultimately just like in, that'll determine. It, I think it's survival. Those races are you know for because I promoted a couple of races here and there, and I mean those street races are expensive to put on. Yeah. You know, you build the track and then you take it down, and you build it and you right. take it down. And it, Just like this dirt track at Bristol, I don't know why Marcus wants to spend all that money to put dirt on this thing. I mean, it, and it's a it, it was a very cool the first time. It's going to continue to be cool, but less cool each time, right? And eventually, right. some the the pendulum swings right toward right. now. Nah, this shit ain't worth it, right? You know, yeah. I mean, they've had some. You know, you think about all the great races at Bristol and. Uh, you know, like yeah. that ain't one of them. Yeah. Now. I mean, the dirt truck <laughs> isn't one of them. I don't think. Yeah, now, do not, you? I mean, maybe I'm wrong. It's a novelty. I don't get it. It's a novelty. See the cars racing on dirt, but otherwise, yeah. it does it's not the race. It's not as good as what we'll see there later this yeah. year in August. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, That's how I Maybe start. just yes. making money that we don't. Yeah, maybe it's just for. Yeah. Maybe it's just. Yeah, maybe it's just a good yeah. business decision. Yeah, and and he didn't need to tell us know. that. Yeah. He just. You know, it, it, again, I go back to what I said earlier too. It's 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 like. Isn't it great that that that's even a in the discussion? Yeah, that there's a sure put the dirt on asphalt. Yeah. Remember, like I said, twenty thirty years ago, we were just going around in circles, right? Happy to be going around in circles and see you next week, you know. And now well, we got you know all this other stuff. I want to ask so. you about the merge with the EI. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So what what made you want to do that? How did that come about? Who called you? Who'd you call? Yeah, um, you know Max Siegel, Siegel. Max Siegel. Yeah. You know, I think they were in a situation where. You know, as I look back on it now, they were in a situation where you had, you know, Max and Teresa, and they weren't they weren't operators of racing teams. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They didn't they weren't operators of a team. I mean, they were, they could come up with the money or whatever, but they weren't they didn't know how to run a race team. I, I don't think at the time, and uh, and that was right at the crash. You know, when there was like a financial crisis and a crash, oh, yeah. and yep. and you know, and 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 you know somehow. Steve Laletta, who was with me at the time, he got a hold. He was talking to Max Siegel, and Max said, "You know, why don't you guys take over running our car? We have these contracts with with Bass Pro and with Martin, and why don't you guys just take that over and give us a little something for running that? And and we'll take care of Martin. Martin had a huge contract at the time to drive, and and uh, I said, I, I can't, I can't bring take that on, you know. And they said, No, we'll take care of that. I said, Okay. And they said, We'll give you the sponsor, and you know, you just run the car and. I was happy to do that because I just lost Wrigley's, I think. I think I had Wrigley's at the time, and Wrigley's was mm. going away. So I needed to patch, fill in a car, you know, and uh, to keep all my guys going. And that's kind of what happened. And, I, you know, I didn't realize at the time I was getting in the middle of a, 
you know, like a family feud or something there. <laughs> a family, like all of a sudden, I'm going, what the this hell? This is 09. Oh, yeah, was the yeah. Feud? I the think, feud was over. Yeah, well, I didn't know that. You know, I didn't know that. <laughs> what, I, was know. there a few, but, but like, yeah, yeah. What, what, was there more feuding than we're even aware yeah. of? Yeah, because. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's like there was all these questions and everything all the time. I was going like, well, what about this and what about that? And, you know, like I. I just didn't want to be involved in any of that. I just wanted yeah. to go racing. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. I'm not in. You ended up in a Jerry Springer episode, and you had no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> right? I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know that was pretty much it. You know, like I didn't. You know, um, you know, we were just trying to. Like again, that was one of those periods where, hey, I was either going to have to lay off, you know, yeah, 150 guys or something, yeah. or 100 guys, or I was going to, you know, and that that was the that was the savior of that. Yeah. Did you have to d- d- not? Listen, I'm asking this question because I sincerely want to know. I don't want people to assume that I'm trying to dig here. No, no, go dirt. ahead. Dig whatever you want. Yeah. How often did you interact with Teresa? I'll tell you. I've talked to you guys more in the last 15 minutes than I've <laughs> talked to her the entire time. Really? Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had lunch with her a couple times, and, and uh, that's about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But you did you need that? Uh, did you need to be able to have – uh, a relationship or even conversations, uh, meaningful conversations with her for that operation to have succeeded, or no. was it was no. Max Siegel enough, or was it was yeah, the people Max around was there? enough? Max was enough, yeah, yeah. Max was enough, and I did I had, I had, you know ten conversations with him, and that was about it. You know, was there conversation with you guys on how to rebrand the race team and the name of it? Because didn't you guys change it to Earnhardt Ganassi yeah, Racing? Yeah, I think that was just a, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't so hung up on having my name. Didn't care. You know, I didn't care. I just yeah. wanted to be. I wanted to make sure I was there. I, I knew I was running it, so it didn't matter to me. You know, mm. it was my team, and you know, it was my team, my people. Yeah. So I didn't. It didn't bother me to put you know put their Earnhardt name on front of it. Yeah. Did, did it help? Did it did it contribute to anything c- competitively? I don't. I don't know. It didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. hurt. Like, what did they bring to the table? I mean, I'm trying to remember honestly. Well, Martin Truex people, was in the middle of. There were of a lot of people. There, there were some people that came, you yeah. know, at the time. Like, like there was a kind of a split there of the people. Some of the I'm trying to remember, like Steve Mill was one. Remember, Steve Mill went yeah, to Ganassi. Mill That's came, right. And you know, there's a handful, a couple, came. handful of guys yeah. that came over That's from right. DI, and yep. then uh, Bono, Bono, yeah, yeah. Bono, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, good guy. Yep. Yeah, good guy. Won um, the Daytona 500. He did. Yeah. One year, one in Indy for you. Yeah, one in um, Yeah. So in 2021, you sell to Justin. So you knew yeah. Justin. Y'all raced together. Yeah, y'all had a great won a race. Yep. Won at Middle Ohio. Yep. Yeah. Y'all had a great oh, relationship. Right. Yeah. You had some frustrations. You had made some comments about being uh, NASCAR was mad about some protocols you broke on the, during the pandemic or something on pit road, and <laughs> you said a little thing. Yeah. Uh, and I which know. I, you know, which I, I want to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want to say, like, you weren't ever scared. No, you were never, muv- you know, muzzled in in right. in how you felt about things. If you felt right. like this is silly, I don't like this. Why are we doing it this way? Right. Why did this happen? You were always willing to sort of do that. And I think that is a sounds a little bit like a race car driver mm-hmm. would talk. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you're you're a successful owner and a, and a smart businessman, but every once in a while, you talk like a driver, right? And yeah. um, <laughs> like Denny, yeah, right. <laughs> and so yeah, but I wonder, you know, I it's more than likely coincidental that the frustrations from that and you selling the team are anywhere linked. But why would you sell? Why would you leave? You know, g- good question. 
it's not like the team was for sale. It right. wasn't for sale. And 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 I'll tell you what it came down to, Dell. At the end, I'm I'm sitting there, and he calls me up one day, and he said, "Hey, I'd, I'd like to buy your team." And you know, I was going about my business that day or something, you know, and I kind of like this is kind of a wacky call, you know, <laughs> like what? And I start thinking about it, and you know, he said, "How about you know? How about we?" I said, he said, "How much you want for it?" I said, "Well, I got you know." He said, "I got this much." I said, "Well, that's not going to do it, you know." <laughs> think about it. Go away and come back. You know, uh, you know. <laughs> come and, back with some more money. <laughs> and and but I started thinking about it, and then I remember thinking to myself, you know, I I had had that team for twenty years, Dang. and and you know, up and down and up and down and up and down, and you know, mm-hmm. and and I just remember thinking to myself, you know, in twenty years, no one's ever called and said they wanted to buy it, and I thought. Man, I should look at this, you know. Like I should look at, you know. Yeah. I I got to look at it. If somebody wanted to buy it, I'm thinking, you know, I could. I I remember. Um, I remember uh, my father had a business and he sold it, and a guy from uh, a guy from Goldman Sachs in New York. I remember sitting in my dad's living room one night, and the guy said, "Floyd, you can sell your business today for this amount of money, or you can wait ten years and sell it for the same amount of money." And we can work for the next 10 years and sell it for the same amount of money. And he goes, well, you're going to feel good about that? And he said, no. And I remember, I remember him saying this. I'm thinking, if you ever have to sell, there's not always a buyer out there. Right. It's you know what I mean? Eager to take it. So, it's not, you know, and, and especially if these days with charters, you know, and things, you get into a, you get into a, like a musical chairs kind of thing, yeah. you know, like you don't want uh, – you know, you might say, you know, well, your charter's worth this and yours is worth that and his is worth this. I'm going to take his, you know, because mm-hmm. his is your your SOL, you know. And so, you know, I just thought Why didn't variables, you? A, a new, a, in other words, with these charters, it creates a new market. Yeah. Why you didn't know? you stay, like, part owner? Why did you leave entirely? We didn't want you to well, leave. All, we didn't want you to just turn, you know, yeah. walk out the door and leave entirely. I, I didn't leave entirely. You know, I mean, I'm still in racing. I'm, I know, I, but not NASCAR. I could be here in a second. You know what I mean? I'll come. <laughs> I'll come. I'll, I'll come with you. You know, I'll come with you. You know, I don't know. Like I, yeah, I don't. You know, like yeah. I don't. I, I wouldn't say I'd never come back or anything yeah. like that. Or I'm not. I'm not saying I'm gone forever or yeah. whatever. I mean, I, you know, I think. I think. <clears throat> I figured you were like. Damn, I'm I'm lucky to get out of that. Phew. Right, right. If that, that crosses your mind, that crosses your it mind. Like, it sounds like he saw the exit ramp and he's like taking it right yes, now. Yes. Get it? No, yeah. no. I mean, like okay. I, you know, like I still have the IndyCar team. We still, have, you know, it's IMSA team. Sure. We got a WEC team Not, now in Europe. All of that I'm stuff. Always, I'm, I know, but you, it feels like I don't know about how to run those teams. Yes, but you it do. Seems you like, do, and you don't know. I know, it. but you it do. seems like you, you know, you're back. Your background and your your DNA is in IndyCar and IMSA, you know, and and you do have twenty years plus of NASCAR. Yeah, I won some big NASCAR races. I'm pretty did. happy what you, I did in NASCAR. You, you know you what I mean? Did. Yeah, I got you, no, I got no complaints. I agree, but it wasn't your first love, okay? Yeah, but I loved it. It was good to me, and yeah. I think I was good to it. I brought a lot of. I think I brought some good things to you NASCAR. Did. You did, know? of course, I, yeah. you did. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I'm not. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I didn't. Want, I don't like that you left. 
Yeah, what we're I trying to say is we miss you. I'm happy to come back. <laughs> I mean, I'm just somebody give us the right opportunity. Yeah. I come okay, back. Okay, okay. Hypothetically, yeah. you bring yeah. it up. We'll, we'll just call this a hypothetical. Right. Dale's looking for charters. We're just waiting for the price to come back to reasonable. Yeah. How long should Dale Jr. wait? If especially if y'all are going to be business partners, because I think that's what we're trying to say here. Right. Y'all right. going to go in and buy a cut team? You got to wait until a deal you right. can't refuse. Right. Right. We, we know the numbers. He... We know the numbers that are being thrown around right now. What What should Dale do? I think there's numbers that are thrown around, and then I think there's the real numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we should wait for the real real numbers. Sure. Yeah. 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 So we'll like wait. A, yeah. You, do you think? And you just got to you – remember, remember, like a charter, a charter's great, yep. okay? It guarantees you, you know, two, three million, whatever it is now, you know, guarantees you – call it $3 million or whatever of income or whatever. Well, yeah, but you still got to come up with another – 18 or yeah, something. Yeah, something. You still got to come yeah. up with that. So Still got to run the team. You yeah. got to wait till somebody can't come up with the 18, and then you'd be surprised what their charter's going to sell for, you know. 100%. So, you, yeah, th- w- w- will this bubble burst uh, and, and come back to reality after the TV uh, deal? I mean, like, when do you think that that uh, – Well, I don't think there's any question that, 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 that if, you look, if you look on a calendar on a, on a, on a, uh, a time thing of years, yeah. you know, certainly a, a, if you look at the time of a – the TV deal, you know, at the beginning of a TV deal, the, the charters go like this. And then as you come to near the end of the TV deal, the charter goes like that. Now, I'm not saying it's going to go like this. It just, it just yeah, you know, maybe dip a little bit. I, I don't think that, you know, and, and again, it's just a matter of who knows what, you know, what, what, what NASCAR wants to hand out in terms of, you know, you know, the handout to the teams yeah, at the end of the day. Yeah, that, that's that, that's the ultimate, you know. I cannot wait to find out what they all determine, you know. It's yeah, fascinating. Yeah. It's to, fascinating how they, you know, it's, it's – it's, and they're, they're, they're you know, no, que- no question, you know, like with, with, you know, Bill Jr., it was a ben- – and still today is a benevolent dictatorship. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I, I don't do have too. any problem with that. Yeah. I, I, I like – I get along great with those guys. Yeah, you know, yeah. because uh, is it fair to say these drivers, when they start getting mouthy and, and, and uh, you know, opinionated, it, we just are reinforced for the fact that, that if they were running the, the, the asylum here, that it would just, they drive it into the ground? Well, I think this. I think, <laughs> look, I, yeah, I mean, it, you, there's, always that, there's always that argument that they are. But, I mean, look, you, the, the flip side of that is you don't want a bunch of guys running around that have no passion about things either. Yeah, there you go. You know, you don't want the other end of the spectrum, the other end of the pendulum going the other way, you know. What do you think you about, know, you know, what, when you watch Justin and what he's done, mm-hmm. you know, what, do you, what are your emotions about that? So Couldn't be happier. Couldn't, couldn't be, be happier. happier. But is, it, is, there a, is there a part of you that sees what they're doing and kind of wishes that you were along for the ride? In a small way, I am, you know. Okay. In a small way, I am. I'm yeah. along for the ride. I just don't have any of the risk. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, I yeah. got you. Yeah. you. I mean, I'm a little bit right. There's, you know, the, yeah. You are part I, of that I, story. I couldn't be happier for him. He, That's right. He reminds me of me when I met when <laughs> yeah. I met Felix. You it's know, a very similar Felix. story. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, he yeah. reminds me of yeah, me. He's when a driver. He tried to, you know, he tried to sort of create that sort of yeah. same career path for him yeah. and had to make yeah. a transition. Right, yeah. yeah. All right, so when you and Dale go into partnership together here for a cup team, who's your driver? Who are we going to go after? Who's going to wheel our car? Boy, you know, like you look. Like I was just looking at that the other day, you know, like a couple, you know, you, you look down the list of, of, uh, of drivers and, uh, you know, like you look at Reddick the other day, you know, he won his first, uh, Bush race with us, you know, or whatever it is, Xfinity mm-hmm. race. He won it with us. He did. 
you know? Yeah. And, uh, and Bowman, he had his first win with us. You know, like a lot of guys had their first wins with us. You know, now those guys are, you know, Kyle, of course, you know, Larson, of course. You know, you see a lot of these guys that had their, you know, and, and you know, uh, sure, would I have loved to, 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 uh, to, 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 you know, carry those guys along throughout their entire career? Absolutely. But, you know, I don't, and I'm not, I don't have the wherewithal that, you know, Rick or Roger, those guys have, you know. How do I, you, so let's talk about the bandwidth of, of, of you mm-hmm. and of Chip Ganassi Racing. So, you know, you did have the NASCAR operation, uh, but your IndyCar operation, your, your, your IMSA sports car stuff, how, uh, how do you keep all that running so smoothly? How do you keep all of that hap- happening at such a splendid, you know, success rate? And you, you know, know because what it staying, is. you know what it is. Staying up there is tough. Getting you there know what it is. is tough, you know what it is. but damn, once you get there, the ebb and flow. The thing I have problems with is our ebb and flow, like the ups and downs. We will have. We had an amazing year last year. This year, we can't get shit going on. Right. You know, and we've done. That's happened. Our cars will. They'll lose a step. We'll right. have a year where we're a fifth place team. Then we'll go back and be run, you know run top three the next year. And so, but you, you know, have always had. No, we've had up and down years. Yeah. We've had up and but down you, years. It's passion and it's people. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. You know, if, if, you know, if, if, you know, if everybody out there had the same passion that you and I did, they'd be fine. Right. How do you keep good people? Fine. You know, because you, it gets competitive and yeah, listen, it gets it's, competitive. It, it, the it gets, sport cannibalizes you know, each other. These yeah, race teams go yeah. poach, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. You know, and it, you know, we've all had it happen. I mean, I, I, I put everybody under contracts. I don't know any other way to do it. I don't know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's all, you know. That's right. I've now, it just triggered a memory. Like, I remember there was a crew chief. I don't honestly remember who it was, but there was a crew chief that I think you had that you and Rick were talking about trying to do some swap and you're trying to do this. And I don't even remember if it was for you or if it was somebody else. It was maybe the junior motors. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was. But, like, yeah, it's like – you know, one year a crew chief all of a sudden, you know, hits five wins because this driver is just right. out, out of this world. I mean, like Kyle Larson, for instance. Yeah. You know, Kyle Larson was a Ganassi guy yeah. for all these years. Yeah. yeah. So it's like at the end of the day, you know when all of a sudden, you know you've got the hot girl at the prom and everybody's sitting there looking. Yeah, and then everybody starts shooting at you, you know what I mean? Whether they're, you know, they either start picking your team apart or picking, the, you know, spitting in the driver's ear. You know, we've all... Everybody has that happen. I've had that happen plenty of times. So, yeah. Scott Dixon. Yeah. What kind of – I mean, we had him in here yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it's like what, <laughs> it's like Mario Andretti walking into the room when he was, you know, at yeah. the top of his game. Right. Guy's incredible. Yeah. Um, how lucky do you feel to – be able to work with drivers like that the luckiest yeah yeah i mean you know how do you that guy is the you couldn't if you went to hollywood you couldn't you couldn't write a you couldn't write the script people wouldn't believe you if you wrote that script you know about how he got started and you know he had that consortium of people helping him and Mm -hmm. helping him go and like you know yeah how do you keep a guy like that around i always you know I, i i think you know i think I think the drivers that I've had good relationships with will tell you, I don't, I'm not one of these team owners that 
calls her drivers up all the time every day. How you doing? How you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, like, I don't do that. I mean, I let them, I let them, you know, I used to say, I let them Monday through Friday, they can do whatever they want to do. Just give me your time, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or whatever, or whatever. You know, like when you're, when you're at the racetrack, just give me your, t- your time and your, your hundred percent effort. You know, like I want them to be themselves off the track. I want them to have a little bit of, a little bit of, um, I don't want them to be like a robot. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want, I want them to have some, some personality and I want them to have a, a, have a, have a personality or have a, you know, they don't always have to be like a Madison Avenue machine, you know? What kind of, what, I, so, so yeah. You, so like with Dixon, I mean, you going back to him? Is well, no, right? I just oh. kind of was wondering like, do you, what do you do with your drivers outside of, you know what I do? Be at the racetrack. What do I do with them? Yeah. I give them good sh- to drive. I right. know, but like okay, do- that's what I do. Yeah. That's my thing. Okay, I'm gonna give you a good car to drive. Yeah. That's what I work hard at, and 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 you know, because I wanna I wanted to always have a team that like I wanted my team to be like a team that I would wanted to drive for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I wanted it to be what every driver would want it to to have. You do you know? allow yourself to be close to them? That's what I guess standpoint? I'm trying to get to. Yes and no, you know, like I, I, yes and no. Like I remember with Jamie McMurray, like I, you know, we would talk about fitness, you know, and I said to him, and in I, I, one of his, one of the deals I did with him, I bought him a whole gym for his house, you know, Dang. and he's like, man, I can't believe you did that, you know, and like here he is years later, he's like, Mister Bicycling, you know, Mister Triathlete, incredible shape. running, yeah. he's in incredible shape now, and like I remember when I bought him his first, you know. Weights in his house, you yeah. know, to get him into fitness and things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, we laugh about that every once in a while. But, but like, I mean, listen, the glaring, the glaring example on why not to get too close would be what you had to deal with with Alex just uh, a year ago, right? Yeah. The Alex Pillow. You guys, sure. had, you were being poached, were you not? Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> what happens when you're being poached like that? Like, I, like, You know what I do? I tell the guys on the team, I go, you know what? I don't want anybody on the team to flinch one bit about the car preparation. You just make sure we put a car out there that can win the race. And I don't want anybody to have any hiccups or question the driver's talent. Mm. And, and if, you know, I, I mean, if drivers want to, if, if drivers don't appreciate that, hey, fine, that's okay. Go somewhere else if it's that great, you know. Listen, I, I would have right. lost I'm the bet. I'm okay, I'll... but you know, as, long as, have a, as long as we have a deal, you're going to yeah. live by the deal. Right. The, right. Like, I, I didn't know why it got so complicated in the fact that there was, a deal, there was a deal I in place. <laughs> I don't know how another, play, another entity can go make an announcement when there was a deal in place. Right. right. You could probably, you know, you, you, yeah, you could go after him for interference with a contract. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. How did you? I would have lost the bet that that would have ended well as well as it did, and yet it did. How did I mean, that happen? You guys are still I, I, racing together. Some, and well, look, good. I, you know when you when you have a contract like that, it's real simple. Either someone's gonna, either either you know either the either the driver's gonna drive the car or somebody's gonna pay you a lot of money. One yeah. of the two. My question. <laughs> okay. My question is is like to Mike's point. Like I'm surprised that 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 worked out. How did you not allow the relationship between you and the driver become problematic? Because I just didn't. I I I told him how I felt, and I didn't let it. And I mean, you know, it's as hard as it is to do. Like I don't, I don't, um, I don't negotiate in the newspaper, if you will. I yeah. don't, you know, I don't, I don't say things. I don't, I don't 
You know, the, yeah. the, that's a Monday through Friday thing, not a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You just thing. kept it real with him when y'all were in the room yeah, together. Yeah, in the room. Hey, said, hey, hey man. I just want to win the race, you know, and I want to win the race. And, you know, there was a little bit of tension with him and the other drivers because they didn't want to, you know, they were a little nervous about giving him information or, you know, Honda was a little nervous about giving information out or whatever, you know. So, right. You know, but it all worked out in the end. And, you know, he won the last race at Laguna Seca going away. Going won the last race, like, yeah. off and gone. And, and you know, you just don't do that if you're not if you're not committed. I mean, the guy's a great race car driver. I don't take anything away from him. You, you have had some – when I think about all of the drivers that have uh, that have driven for you – in, in really both lucky. in all the series, yeah. you have had just as 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 wide a range of personalities as they right. get. I mean, we we've met Alex, we've we've now met Scott, um, mm-hmm. but then we're going back. We had Sterling on the show this year. Yeah, yeah. And I was, uh, you know, we listen, were leading the points when Sterling got hurt. Everybody forgets that. No, no, I don't forget we it. We were leading will, the points. I'll, I'll tell I was, you, the, the, I was working for Jimmy Spencer that year, so yeah. I, you had Jimmy Spencer and Sterling in the same yeah. barn, man. Right, that right. was crazy. I love, I love Sterling Marlin. Yeah, I love Sterling Marlin. Yeah. But I never in my life would have thought Sterling Marlin would ever, <laughs> in his life, be a contender or a threat we'll to win the a points championship. With like and four he, or five races to go, he was. In position that was his right. to lose, right? Before right. he got hurt, driving right. your car right. in the twilight of his career. I mean, and when he was hurt, it wasn't like he was even hurt. Yeah. You know, he didn't. He he had a he had a broken neck, but he looked normal, talked normal, walked normal. Yeah. He, he didn't look sick at all. He was fine. He, he you know he just had a crack in his neck that they wouldn't let him drive. Yeah. So, well, I mean, and I mean, I don't blame him for not driving. I'm just saying, of course he, not. He, yeah, he, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't like he was. Well, the thing – I mean, listen, we could talk about Sterling. My question I wanted to know is that do you find yourself having to, um, you know, find – you know, almost like tailor-make your relationships with each of these drivers because they're so different, like Juan Pablo and then, um, you know, McMurray, who's just easy Zanardi, to get along with. Master, but then you got, yeah. but you got all the yeah, – yeah, yeah, right. Or do you stick by this is how I'm treating everybody? They're all going to be this. This is how we're going to do it. I'm going to have a very uh, disciplined uh, owner-driver relationship. No, 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 no. No. Okay. I, I, look, well, here's what I tell them. I go, look, I, I'm not. I told you earlier, I'm not the kind of guy that calls up every day. And say, hey, how you doing? How you doing? You know, like, and I just tell them, I go, look, this is a real business. It's not. I don't have 200 car dealerships. I don't have. You know, I don't make the chassis. I don't build engines. I don't do that. This is my only business. This is it. Racing is it. It's got to work for me. Okay. So uh, you, you, can, you have your personality. Be your personality. You know, be that way. Just give me your time Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or whenever, and do the stuff you got to do in between, you know. And, and, and we'll be fine. We'll get along fine. I, w- I want to win. I just want to be at the front. I want to put myself in a position to win. Obviously, how, you can't win a race, but you just want to put yourself in a position to win. What, how do you do that? Uh, how do you run a race team as your sole source of income? Because <laughs> – I don't know that it's – I mean, I guess Joe yeah. Gibbs does that to an extent for sure. Mm-hmm. But that – racing is a very challenging no business question. model. Yeah. It's yeah. literally almost impossible to to uh, make it a profitable business. Almost. Yeah, impossible. almost. Right. And um, to your point, you know, Rick and those guys, they have these other – Sure. Other businesses and other lives, you know, mm-hmm. going on that, sure. that can help them in times when sure. things aren't going well. Right. But you've done this so long, and it's been your only source of income. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? What is the secret? You know what it's like. You got to make tough decisions every once in a while. Mm. Yeah, you got to make tough decisions, and you got to tell people. You got to look them in the eye and tell them. 
Mm. You know, like I, I got chastised a couple times for laying people off, you know, or when that thing happened with uh, the solar company. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, DC Solar. DC Solar, solar thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, DC Solar. You know, I had to, I had to, I had to, I had to lay off an entire nationwide their Xfinity team. You know, yeah. I had to lay the whole team off like that. That was a tough decision, but that, that's what you got to do. You know what I mean? And we had a good team. I had good guys. That car ran at the front all the time. Oh, it did. You know? Yeah. And I, and I had to – it blew up one day. You know, and I'm still paying for that. Yeah. 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 So You're still paying for that emotionally? Well, um, <laughs> and financially. And financially? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Mm. You know, yeah, that, that, I mean, that, just got, that DC store thing just got put to bed 60 days ago. Oh me. really? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I mean, you you've survived, you survived situations like that. It cost you a bunch of money. You've went through, you know. Hey, I I, I lost I lost a bunch of money with Frank Keaty trying to bring him to NASCAR. Yeah. That cost me a boatload. Oh, wow. Really? That's right, Dario. Coming yeah, remember to he got hurt. Yeah. Remember he broke his hand or foot or something at Talladega. There, yeah, yeah. How did that? How did you put yourself in a bad situation there? You know, he was he was. Um, I'm trying to remember. I mean, I mean, he was, you know, he was on the team, and and he was he was driving for Michael, and you know he he was kind of burnt out driving for Michael, I think, and he wanted to do something else. So I said, hey, why don't you give NASCAR a try? You know, and and I thought I had the sponsorship or I could come up with it, you know, and I didn't do it. Ah, uh-huh. but so you I made rolled, the I rolled the dice and I came up craps. You know, I crapped so out. So you made the commitment to run him before you had the dollars, and when the dollars didn't show up, you had to run him. Right. And so he goes and ends up, you know, kind of flaming out. Right. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So, uh, and you survived national. And then uh, to make it up for him, and then I brought him back as an IndyCar driver, and we won the championship yeah. a couple of times, so it worked out well. It yeah. worked out fine. Yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. yeah. Good guy. You should have him on the show. You'd I like should. Yeah. We should, yeah. yeah. That's a great yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. You know, can you bring up something? I'm sorry. This is something else I would just would love to ask since you're here at our table. But, listen, when we talk about sponsorships – your story and Target story are synonymous. I don't know if there is a longer-tenured sponsorship relationship. So Yeah, like, like 26 years or something. Yeah, it was, it was an amazing run. It was great. Thank you. Yeah. How, did it, how do you do that? How do you do it? And I don't know about like you you know, know, giving up trade secrets. I know you may say relationships, but listen, from the start to the to, – to, you brought them to NASCAR, and then when you, you, uh, you had this amazing relationship with the same sponsor. How does one do that? I tell our people all the time, I go, when the sponsors call up on the phone, here's your two answers you have. Okay and yes. That's only two answers you're allowed to have when they, you know. Yeah. And just take care of them. I don't know. I don't know any other way. But when 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 CEOs change or retire. Yeah. And I then went through are, a couple are, of them, and then I finally budget, got the one that didn't like it, you know. <laughs> Is that what happened? Yeah, that's what happened, yeah. 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 This, yeah. It doesn't matter what happens all yeah. up until that point. You yeah. just get the wrong person or, the, yeah. you know, the wrong budgets yeah. and all that. It just kind of goes away, right? Mm-hmm. But you and have then, had you some. Know, but we, and then, you know, people like PNC come along and, and you know, and they, they pick, the, pick the ball up and, run, and they're running with it with Dixon. And, you know, people like the American Legion come along. and Yeah. You know, so it's great. Yeah. Is this is is this sport still too reliant on the corporate dollars and the corporate sponsorships? I mean, I know I guess the charter system was kind of an attempt to try to balance yeah. that out a little bit, but like uh, do you smooth it out. Ha- yeah, yeah. I don't know about balancing out, but it'll smooth yeah, it out. I got yeah. it. Smooth out the, the instead of this, yeah. you might have that. You know, like yeah. 
but is it is it is it, as long as we're this reliant is it, is anything going to really change? I mean, like the business model in itself. I mean, we we got to have the corporate dollars, right? Is there any other to. way to do it? Not that I know of. I mean, you know, not that I know of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 a business that I think you got to have some passion for because the the risk is that much, and the reward is this much. You know what I mean? So it's you know it's a high risk, low reward business. And and that's the model that has to you know that that should change, you know whether it could or will, who knows? I'm not you know. Well, gosh, where else we go? I I, I, w- I want to keep him here. I want him. Yeah. I want to go ahead and start laying out the blueprint to the new cup team we're starting. <laughs> yeah, I got. There's only I got two. Uh, go ahead. I, I got. There's only two. Th- good. So I didn't. I'm not 100 percent sure I ever want to be a cup owner. Mm-hmm. Why not? I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. Sometimes mm-hmm. it sounds awesome. Sometimes <laughs> it sounds um, like a lot of responsibility. But my point, I didn't even want to, I'm not trying to make it, I'm not trying to go there. But uh, my point is, is there's two things that are dreams of mine mm-hmm. uh, that I'd like to do. One of them is to field a car for the Daytona 500 as an owner. Right. I want to I be an owner with a car in the Daytona 500 once in my life. Right. That would probably be that tri- that's a box that I want to check rather than just becoming an owner, right? Long term. And I'd have I have the same dream as uh, to be an owner that fields a car in the Indy 500. It's unreal. Well, come on. <laughs> he said a, come on. You talked about being a kid and having dreams and wondering whether, you know, yeah. never 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 imagined them becoming reality. Right. But I'd love to know the emotion of putting a car on the grid for those two races as an owner. You've done it. Yeah, I mean, and winning them and winning winning it. I can't even imagine winning them, but tell me as an owner, you've done both, and you've won both. Yeah. So tell me what kind of satisfaction comes with that. And I know there's a lot of responsibility, but there's got to be – I am so proud – the proudest moment for me is when we push our cars out to the grid. Right. That is right. an amazing moment. I right. stood on right. that grid at Indy. It is insane, the feeling down there. Okay, so first of all, when you look at, you look at what it takes to put a, a car in the Daytona 500 or the Indianapolis 500, okay, it takes this much to put a car in those races. It only takes another 30 to 40% to go the rest of the year. Yeah, you know what I mean. By the time you you know yeah. you need it, you're right. You, you yeah. know what I mean. You, you you need a building. You need the trucks. Oh yeah. You need the hotel rooms. I'll, I'll never forget this. R- Roger Penske. When I was I was like before I went to Indy, my rookie year, somebody knew my dad knew somebody that knew Roger, and he was going to put him on the phone with me, and you know I was going to he was going to I was because we were trying to decide at the time whether to buy this team, the Jack Rhodes, the team I was with. They were they were trying to buy. They didn't know whether to buy a, a Wildcat chassis that was an '81 Wildcat. You could have bought a Gurney Eagle, which was eighty-five thousand dollars for a chassis without a motor. It was eighty-five thousand. Complete car. That was that Gurney Eagle. Remember that thing with the mm-hmm. the, the 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 one that uh, Mike Mosley drove, the Pepsi Challenge. Remember that car with the little nose and the big tail yeah. on it. Remember that thing. I'm gonna Google it here. Yeah, and. Um, or you could buy a Penske PC7 that was $75,000. So it was $10,000 less. 
and I remember, or a Wildcat, which was 75000 or something. And I, and I remember, so I was going to get Roger Penske on the phone. He's going to tell me something. And he told me an important, he told me something I'll never forget. And this will, this will resonate with you instantly. He said, you know, Chip, he said, whether you buy my, my PC7 or you buy that Gurney Eagle or you buy the Wildcat, he said, the hotel room costs exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And. You know, you think about what he said there, okay? Think about that. That's a that's a big statement because you know what? That building out there, the lights on in the shop, the lights are on. They don't know what, what kind of car is under there, okay? Mm-hmm. The lights are on, right? Those people walking around that you're paying out there to work on those cars, they cost the same whether you're running the Xfinity car or you're running a cup car. Sure. I mean, it, you got so many of your costs that are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And then you have so much sunk cost to do – the Daytona 500 or the Indianapolis 500, you might as well do it for a whole year. What are you going to do? You're going to get a bunch of people to come down for one race? You're going to get anybody any good that's going to come for one race yeah. and work with you? You know what I mean? You're not going to get anybody no. good for one yeah. race. you got to got to make a commitment to them, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's it's not that, you know, you should be in the big show. You're Dale f- Jr., okay? That's you right. should be in the big show. Yeah. I mean, okay, come on. We're trying. Okay, trying to try get, harder. We're trying to get people to come off of that idea of what that charge is <laughs> you'll get there you'll get there just just keep you watch <laughs> they're it'll, in it'll fantasy come. world right just, now when they got when they, it'll come to you faster than you think yeah don't worry it'll come to you faster well, yeah, than you think. We, it's funny man we had some opportunities in the past that were yeah, insane but, to imagine now you know what we passed on but just just get your foundation put together underneath all that yeah. and, and when it comes time you know the the you know the you know you get so many of your things. It's exa- it's exactly the same amount of time. Sure. In the you know that you got to devote to the pit lane, or it's the same amount of time, you know, on the track. You yeah. know, it's a, I mean, it's maybe the races are a little bit longer. Okay, great. You know, you do you do more stops. You know, yeah. okay, whatever. So it's yeah, you know, I mean, it, but I encourage you to do it. I encourage Jimmy. You know, I talked to Jimmy about car ownership. Jimmy Johnson. You yeah. know, like. And I said, man, you should get into it. You should do it. You know, you'll, 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 it's more, it, it's, it's. Me and him are on the Zoom calls nearly close to teaming up before yeah. he chose to yeah, go with yeah, the yeah. legacy deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were, I was like, let's, let's you do should, it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I wish I'd have known that. I'd, I'd, I'd have told you to do it. Yeah. We were going to call it Junior Johnson racing. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Man, That's good. I talked to Junior one when I was. You know, it's ironically I, I talked to him way back when I was thinking really? about getting in. Yeah, because he was. Yeah, he was. He was the deal. Yeah, he was. A, he was the deal. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, man, we appreciate you coming today. It's what been an fun. honor to be here. Shoot. What an honor to be here. It's an honor for us to have you. Come on, it is, Come on. man. It, we know you could have been anywhere, um, but you mean so much to motorsports. You mean a lot to NASCAR. Well, I'm, um, I'm glad to hear that your doors always open. That you might end up walking open. back through it. You never know. You never know. You never know. Um, congratulations on a legendary career. I know you've Thanks. got more to do and you got yeah. more to win and, and you're positioned well. I'm really lucky. I'm lucky that i got good people around me. It's That's all it takes. Yeah. Really, really incredible what you've been able to do. And you've affected so many people's lives, so many people from mechanics on the shop floor, drivers, engineers, sponsors. Uh, you. You've influenced. Appreciate that all of motorsports in such a positive way thank you and so it's such an honor to be able to talk to you and thanks for giving us some time today anytime my man thanks Mm. appreciate it mike chip ganassi on the dale jr download
Man, I'm really excited to have Ally help us bring the guest segment every week. It's one of my favorite parts of the download. We get to talk to so many different people in racing, outside of racing. But everybody that comes in here, I want them to have had a good time. I want them to want to come back. I want them to feel like an ally to Dirty Mo Media. Thank you, Ally, for your continued support of the download and the entire Dirty Mo Media team. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.